0: I think what I see a lot <clears throat> for guys is, and I've done it personally, is I'll, I like to release the heat from the meat, so I'll, I'll skin it out. We're going to co- coin that. I like really, to release the heat, release from, the the meat. heat from the meat. <laughs> that could be a t shirt. Yeah, Nick, <laughs> Nick, put that down for our t shirt ideas. The uh, yeah. <laughs> Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Deer Grow.
1: Heck yeah, man. Dude, we put a lot of food in the ground every year you know seemingly more and more and uh, we have a ton of fun with it during the off season uh there's some struggles that come with it too though right obviously the back of my truck is evidence you know right now mm-hmm. it's a couple weeks after uh i jackknifed you know a 4800 pound uh, material spreader you know as i was coming down and it's just it was too much weight for my truck there but you know all those struggles aside you know do deer grow really has been a staple for our food plotting process uh for several years now yes we like to put lime and fertilizer on the plots you know if we can but there are some that it's just we're not able to get to them or it's not feasible for us to get out of state with that stuff. And so deer grow is kind of the the quick and easy, but still super effective option for us to be able to get the most out of those food plots that we can every year.
0: And I mean, we're guilty of overanalyzing things just like everyone else, but that's the best part about deer grow is that it's going to create healthier soils, which in turn makes better food plots. And the fact is, is we can simply spray plot start or plot till when we put the seed in the ground. And then when that plant starts to grow, we hit it with Boost. And we know that we walk away. When we come back, it's going to be a great looking food plot. For anybody that's looking to try Deer Grow, if you use the code HUNTER15, that's H-U-N-T-R-1-5, at checkout for DeerGrow.com, you're going to save 15% on any of your Deer Grow products. It's a great way to get started on this and just see what the results are for yourself.
1: Better food plots, bigger deer.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to
2: wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: And we're back hey you, on
0: our podcast, episode 145, as Nick keeps us in line.
1: Yeah, thank you, Nick. As always, if you guys like our stuff, give us a like, follow, subscribe on Instagram, YouTube. Nope, not Instagram. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you guys listen to podcasts, give us a follow. Follow, we appreciate it. Yes, we do appreciate it. And we've got an in-guest.
0: In-studio guest. (laughs) In-studio guest, Jeez. (laughs) If we could get our worst struggle today. today. It's early. Yeah. Yeah, (sighs) in-studio guest. Yeah, hey Trav. Trav. Trav's hey. taxidermy. Trav's right? taxidermy. Good to be here. Yeah. Is that is that the official name? Trav's taxidermy.
1: Yeah. Trav. Trav's tax.
3: Everybody calls me Trav, so yeah. yeah. That's Trav's taxidermy.
1: Yep. Our taxidermist. <laughs> M- yeah. Most important. I saw. I was telling Trav and you guys before we started. It's like dude, when it comes to taxidermy, and I think bow shops are the same way. And you know, butcher, whatever you want to, yeah. you got to have a guy, like you mm-hmm. got to have, you know, it's not just like you go online, it's like online service, you know, it's like you have to have a relationship with your taxidermist, right? I've yeah. been like, even on yeah. these deer, so I just got back from North Dakota, right? And we got we got a buck to, to take care of here. And so I was like texting you in the airport and stuff. I'm like, Hey dude, how do I, is this velvet? Can I take care of it this way? And, um, so it's been nice to have you kind of helping me with that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely something a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys like a good relationship with the person they're doing work with. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the way it goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, yep. there's a lot of things like that. Obviously, like you said, bow shops, taxidermists. Think of like anytime we talk about like our electrical <laughs> guy or our HVAC guy on our buildings, like huge. You, you need a guy a professional. That, well, like a, you just can rely on because, you know, you don't want to just
1: hand it over and be like, oh, I don't even know if this is going to be done right. It's those services that require like craftsmanship. Yep. Yeah. Like you said, H, H, even on our buildings and stuff, HVAC mm-hmm. guys. But when it comes to hunting, the, the you know, the bows certainly need to be tuned right and the taxidermy needs to be done well. You don't want to. I mean, there's nothing worse than, you know, I've got a few that I look at. Uh, now, Same. now that I've got Trav doing Same. mine, I look at some of my older ones and I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I thought it was good until I put it next to this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one over here that looks like it got run over by an 18 wheeler and then stretched
0: onto it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's the thing is I, I feel like, um, well, I kind of related even to like the deer processor side a little bit is like, it, it seems like there's less and less taxidermists every year. Um, you know, or at least... It, for a long time there, would be like, oh, so-and-so does taxidermy, so-and-so. It just, it doesn't seem like you have that much concentration of taxidermist anymore um, from a choice standpoint.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That I, I talk to guys all the time and like, especially older guys, there's tons of guys that used to do that just as a hobby, sure. know, just as a part-time hobby. And it seems like those guys are just dropping off, you know, and then a lot of taxidermists are older and uh, yeah, they're just stopping. Yeah. You know, some of them are you know, just disappearing and, and there's just not much left of it. So there's not a lot of young guys anymore. Yeah.
0: yeah. What you do know? you think is the main reason for that? Like what, what is causing people not to like get into that side of it?
3: Man, I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of it is I mean there there was a lot of guys back, you know, back in the day that uh they just they they were just more they just they were they were more craftsmen type mm-hmm. type people. And I think the younger generation maybe they, they don't just pick up and just do random stuff like sure. guys like the older type of people did. Yeah, and, you know, like your dad, you know, just doing jack being a jack of all trades. Yeah, it seems like the younger the younger generation doesn't really pick up stuff like I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. And then you know, part of it too is uh, you know, younger guys they're everybody's more business minded nowadays, mm-hmm. and they're not really willing to really work for free anymore. Sure. And uh a lot of those older type guys they just kind of. Did as a hobby and they, they did didn't care it. if yeah. they made money out Their it or bodies the yeah. and stuff. just kind of goofed off with it, and it just it doesn't happen as much anymore. Hmm. So
1: in a yeah. way, it's kind of a, and you've I'm sure got your finger on the pulse much more than I do, but it seems like nowadays, like if you're a taxidermist, like it's for a reason. Like it's that's you're focused yeah. on that. Yeah. That's what you do. You do it well. Like you, you almost can't even take on any more business, right? Because you're everybody wants to come to you. I'm driving yeah, from Pennsylvania, yeah. and same with my bow shop. I drive an hour yeah. and a half to go to my. That's my guy. Yep. Um, and I would definitely agree like those, cause I used to go to, to a guy that kind of did it on the side and like, he did, don't, don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was, it was great. He still does like some of our guys mounts and stuff. So not to discredit him at all, but I think it's kind of a, it's a side deal, you know, and yeah. he's been doing it for a long time, but the guys that I see killing it now are like, that's, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: I think the, the craftsmanship thing is a, 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 big point and and part of that I think is just kind of the way things are now but so for instance like think about if you get a new vehicle now you pop the hood it's electrical and computers and all that you know back in the day like I had a whatever 1990 Ford Ranger like, I could literally, and I'm not handy, I'm not a craftsman, I could pop the hood and I could do things with that engine. Like, I could see everything. There wasn't computers all over the place. <laughs> well, like
1: wires unplugged. Yeah, I
0: mean, you just, it was, things were simpler back then. And so, to your point, I think, Trav, about, like, kind of the jack of all trades is like, yeah, you know, if I needed new brakes, like, my dad would put new brakes on and stuff. It wasn't because he was an auto mechanic. He just he just knew how to put brake pads on and things like that. He knew how to bleed the brakes. And I don't think anybody's doing
1: you know, that kind of stuff in the younger generations now. Yeah, maybe just in general, people knew how to do stuff. back, And the, then we just all know how to, I don't know if it's we know less, but like, it seems like people are more focused, like we, they do certain things, like mm-hmm. more specialized, less jack of all trades, like you said. Well, see, that's what I was going to ask about the, the taxidermy side is uh, on the
0: flip side, think about all the content, things like YouTube and stuff that we have now to learn how to do taxidermy or, or online classes to learn. how. Like it used to be all in-person stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it would almost seem like you have more resources to learn how to do that if you wanted to. Sure. Yeah. It's uh,
3: unbelievable what's on, what's out there right now to learn taxidermy. Like if I would have had that when I started, like I would have been so excited, but yeah. Yeah. That stuff wasn't out there
1: then. How did you get into like? Who taught you how to do taxidermy?
3: So I, my dad actually. I mean, a lot of older guys. If you listen to the podcast, you'll you'll uh, recognize the Northwestern School of Taxidermy. It's a little set of booklets or whatever that a lot of the older guys had, and my dad actually had that in on the bookshelf, and I I pulled those out and started reading through them, and that's literally what got me started. Mm. And I started fooling around with stuff, skinning birds and different stuff like that. <laughs> And then uh yeah my mom actually bought me a legit course then for Christmas one year. Oh wow. And, uh, and that was how an in
0: person course?
3: No, this is booklets.
0: Oh this is yeah, booklets. Like booklets. that you read and you
3: look at pictures. I skinned my first deer by looking at pictures, picture to picture. Mm. Wow. Skin, figuring it all out, yeah. I love I, I that definitely dude. learned the hard way, which I think was a good it's thing probably the because best thing. yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it you sure probably it made some you.
0: mistakes. Then you realized what you did, and you went back and forth. Like, I mean, that's that's how you learn. Like, that's yeah. how you get better at things.
3: You learn to improvise a lot, you know, and just figure things out. And uh, rather than just having you somebody show you step by step. Do hmm.
1: you know, those old books and book lists don't get brought up enough? Like it's once you, it's funny once you kind of get a spark for something, like whether it's it's uh, you know taxidermy. For me, I can relate to on like the, on the trapping side. I remember the same thing. Like when I started getting interested, I was like, I bought every book that I could, and they were yeah. all written by those old trappers. And in your case, you know the. The, mm-hmm. You know, the old tax yeah, stuff. Yeah, like the but... Tom Miranda trapping stuff is what I what I was looking at back then.
0: Yeah. You know, he had old school VHS or DVDs. He had books out. Like, that's what you were reading through. Yeah, and
1: looking at pictures. And... and to
0: your point, Trav, you're improvising because you're looking at this and it's subjective. It's however you think that, you know, trap's supposed to be set or in, in the case of skinning an animal or deer or whatever. Like, you're having to improvise a little bit because all you're seeing is whatever you can interpret.
1: Mm-hmm. And that probably for the best because it's like you said, it's a it's a skill. It's requires craftsmanship. No, nobody does it exactly the same, right? So yeah. it's like you kind of learn the basics and then develop a style and then perfect it and turn it into something that people are yeah. trying to model it after.
3: Yeah, for sure. That's definitely one thing about taxidermists. Everybody's got their own their own style, their own look. Like, I mean, I can look at your deer on the wall. I, that guy, I've never seen his mounts, but I mean, I can take one look at that and I know exactly who mounted it. That's it's so just, crazy. It's insane. Like, yeah, I you know, at the, at the <laughs> competitions or whatever, usually about, I don't know, 75% of them or so I can kind of go through there and ah, I think he mounted that one, you know?
0: Wow.
1: And, uh, you can pick, you how can do you describe something like that? Like, would you say, oh, I have a style that's like this or as opposed to, uh, not really. I mean, no?
3: it's just a look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how they do their eyes and, and the different eyes? things like that. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: so what else I'm sure there's like key Features that stick out, like you, you mentioned, the eyes are done a certain way, or yeah.
3: I mean, everybody's kind of got their you know, their, their different things. Like, I know, like, one lady of the competition, she the way she does her faces and stuff, like, gives it that bull look, kind of builds dew laps underneath and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: just using the clay and stuff yeah, to build yeah,
3: exactly. And, and everybody's kind of got their look that they like, yeah. Mm. So, yeah,
1: trying to think things that have stood out to me that I noticed. I mean, I've I, I only look at a handful of them, you know, on a regular basis, but I, I think I noticed uh, you know, the, the necks, like, especially like you, you like a really muscular neck, uh-huh. not, yeah. not big, but like really def, a lot of Defined. definition in the neck, yeah. mm-hmm. which yeah. I love. I'm all about, especially with them early season highs. A lot of I'm customers
3: like,
1: do like that. And that's yeah. kind of the reason. I'm like, know. that deer's freaking ripped. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I shot a beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: It can well, be overdone, but yeah. You well, know, that's when no we talk doubt.
0: about like those Kansas bucks and stuff that, you know, I mean, when you see a, a mature
1: Kansas buck in full rot, I mean, that thing, he looks like a power lifter. Yeah. I mean, he's just stacked. Yeah, yeah. I have seen those mounts that you're talking about where they're over down where it looks like the head is just put onto like a, a like a, a log. Or like a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's just, laughs> yeah, it's like that deer couldn't breathe. <laughs> uh, straight steroids.
0: Um, it it is funny. So I guess when you say like styles and stuff, and I don't know, I'm trying to think how to, are there like just in any uh, service or craftsmanship or you know artistry, are there like certain people you're like. This guy, like people just recognize that name as like, like he's just a top of the line taxidermist type of thing. Or is it like as a group and community, like you guys appreciate everybody fairly equally? You all have your own style.
3: Yeah. I mean, there, there is that, but there's definitely, there are definitely guys that you, you see their work and you know, you hear their name like it's automatically a, oh, wow. Yeah. He's at the top of his game. Wow.
1: For sure. Yeah. Who would who would someone like yeah, that that's funny. be? You're asking about like the, the internet work network of the. Yeah,
0: well, I'm just trying to think, not like to like a high highlight the, taxidermy but, like, community. Yeah, I so said for even for you, Trav, because obviously I would assume you're a younger guy in the taxidermy business. Is there like, a high table of taxidermies? Like, yeah, who who's <laughs> someone when you hear hear that name, you're like, yeah, that's going to be a damn good mount.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a long list to be honest with you. It's not yeah. like there's one good, really, really good deer guy. There's yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of good deer guys and stuff like that. But I mean. I could start listing people i'm probably i'll probably miss a no few, you're but fine like, like i know like Jenner everidge she's really good right now like i know the guys that have won the world you know like uh yeah vince blaine's really good and and on and on you could go yeah so, but East but coast guys a, or what's that east
1: coast guys or mid- midwest yeah, all ohio the midwest yeah. yeah pa
3: has really good deer taxidermists okay. ohio has really good deer taxidermists we're really lucky in ohio we've got uh the epley brothers uh, mm-hmm. brian and Epley yep. and those guys um, I've heard wh- that. Why does name that name they they sound super, familiar? What's that?
1: Why does that name sound familiar? Uh,
3: they, they actually, so in Millersburg, I, Miller, they're in Killbuck now, I guess it would be. Okay. But um, they are sculptors, and uh, in my opinion, like the best, like the best around. And they've, you know, they've brought a lot of knowledge into like our Ohio shows and PA shows, and you know, mm-hmm. all the states surrounding. So mm. they've uh, they've done a really good job of educating a lot of good taxidermists around the Ohio, PA, Indiana area. Um, yep. But yeah, they're, I mean, Brian, I think 14 time world champion in sculpting. You know, So explain,
0: just- explain that to a lot of our listeners. Cause like, it, you know, again, we talk about the subjectiveness around it, but I mean, there is a competition for taxidermy that is actually right. So when you talk about him being a 14 time, you know, world sculpting champ, like what, what are those? Is that just an annual thing? Is it, you know like a convention type uh setting.
3: Yeah, there's di- so there's different st- shows. There's state mm-hmm. shows and that's the only shows that I've I've been to state shows. Um, you know you've got regional shows um world the world show is kind of mm-hmm. like the top dog. Mm-hmm. And you know there's it's I want to say every 2 years there's it's in Ohio uh in the states here then it goes overseas. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's that's a really big show, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh you know and, and there's not tons and tons and tons of taxidermists in the state. So right? And a state show might have, uh, I don't know, hundred pieces, maybe two hundred, mm-hmm. um, in it. So that's not like it's not a huge deal, but yeah, it's hmm. it's kind of a kind of a cool place. Yeah, and you've yep.
1: you've placed well at some of those, or competed, yeah, or I, entered stuff into them, or yeah,
3: yeah, and, and the state show or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I've won a lot of different awards. They give they give quite a few awards out, but yeah, I mean, I guess. I could nail it down to like a couple of the ones, you know, that I, I value or whatever, like taxidermist choice award is one that I kind of value because it's all your, all your buddies, you know, they vote on their favorite mount, you know, in the show. Oh Wow. Um, so that's a cool one. Uh, most artistic entry in the show is a cool one. I've, I've got that one. And then, uh, state champion would be like, so they, they give a state champion medallion for, uh, white, the best white tail and then the best game head. And the best fish and, and wow. Mm-hmm. So at one
1: no. at one time you had the best white tail in the state. They give you an award for that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I I did. Uh, I got the That's best huge, white man. tail
3: and the best game head before. So. Wow. Oh. yeah
0: So I assume there's like, it, it, is there a certain species that you favor? Like, are you? Would you consider yourself like, hey, I'm a white tail guy? Or gotta, gotta be right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because <laughs> I mean, I assume you mount waterfowl or, you know. Other yeah, things, I, too?
3: I do not do waterfowl anymore, and I, I pretty much have been kind of leaning towards just basically furred animals and haired mm-hmm. animals at this point. Yeah, I do a few turkeys yet, but not, not very many. Fish? But I I I did my neighbor's fish. Don't <laughs> um, tell anybody, but yeah, that, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. a fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of those deals. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I used to do quite a few yeah. of them. The but fish yeah, thing to seems tough,
0: them. right? Because, I mean, that's a lot of just airbrushing, right? Yeah, it's,
3: it's built totally, from scratch, basically. It's totally re... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do a lot of skin mounts, but yeah, skin, reproduction, you know, you're, you're starting from scratch when it comes to painting
1: them. Preferred animals, preferred. So deer, elk.
3: I'm not, I'm not the type of guy. I don't, I get bored doing one thing 24 Mm seven, you know, I, I just, I Mm -hmm. can't handle just mountain deer all year long. So I like to bounce around a little bit. Sure. Um, so as far as one animal that I really like, I do like deer. They're, they're up there close to the top, but, um. Yeah, I all of the life-size stuff, I, I love that. Some of the African stuff. Oh, really? I yeah. wouldn't, none of it I'd want to do all the time, but it's it's nice and fun to do it every once in a while. Because
0: I think the hard thing for a lot of people to, to kind of fathom, and even with the deer side of things, with CWD and things, is like, how, how do we get stuff to you? Like, so you talk about African game or you talk about grizzly bears or whatever, it's like... Okay, Trav's in Ohio. I shoot this grizzly bear in Alaska, like how the hell do I even get it to you? Yeah.
3: Well I I've got honestly I've got customers all over the place. I mean Montana, um, South Carolina, hmm. North Carolina, yeah, all, all different states. Um so yeah, as far as, as far as that goes, I mean you can ship frozen stuff. A lot of guys ship frozen stuff and then a lot of guys have buddies that live close and they yep. just drive it in. Yeah.
1: Well literally we're doing it right yep. now. So I shot that buck in North mm-hmm. Dakota. What's today? Monday, Friday. Today's Friday. I shot him Wednesday night. hmm And uh, I mean, I'll just share our process for like what, what we're doing and we can critique, say, hi, hey, I would do it this way. I do it a little differently. So we fortunately made a great shot on that thing and we recovered it within an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a drag job, so drug it out to the truck and took it right back to, um, to the house where we got it. So I got it caped out yep. within maybe three hours of, of shooting it. Which is why you're dragging ass because it was a late night. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like we crashed. it? We got to bed at two thirty, yeah, and I woke up at five thirty for my flight the next day. Yeah, it was w- on maybe the next podcast. I'll I'll give you the full breakdown of of the hunt or mm-hmm. whatever if later. We want to get into it, but um, yeah, I got back yesterday. I flew back yesterday, so yeah, yeah I'm dragging a little bit. But where am I? So we got <laughs> so we got him caped out to the neck, and so you know we so Lucas kind of I let him do. He's he just had a you know not his first rodeo. Yeah. So he was just going at it. He freaking skinned the whole thing, like b- bottom to top, tubed everything. So I got no cuts down anything. We're, we're tubed down. Yeah, well. Um, so you got a lot to work with. Right. And, uh, all the way to the neck, you know, cut it off. And then we left it and the, um, you know, the rest of the, the carcass and stuff hanging in a cooler. So he's got a meat cooler that's overridden. It's just an AC unit that's overridden mm-hmm. by the, Whatever, that cool little thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like within a matter of, you know, 20 minutes, the thing was down to 40 degrees. Took the old restrictor plate off her neck. Yeah, the old Revlon. <laughs> so it, we got it in the cooler, you know, right away. I felt really good about how we handled all that. Even while we were dragging it out, one comment that he made was we made, we were conscious about holding his head high because we're dragging across tough mud and stuff. Sure, so yeah. I didn't want to rip yeah. up. Yeah, good, good
0: for him. Rip up yeah. all
1: of his chest. and um, He's he,
0: pretty much in fall coat.
1: At this point? Mm, pretty
0: much. Yeah. Pretty much. I noticed a little bit a little of some couple patches. Yeah. couple yeah. patches.
1: Well, dude, that deer was in velvet. I saw him. Sunday. Sunday three morning. Three mornings before. Really? Yeah. But, Sunday morning you texted me because yeah, so, I was scouting out. So Sunday morning he was full pristine velvet. And then by Wednesday night he was 98% shedded out. And like a half mile away. And a half mile away. Yeah. Which I think was more because of pressure than like a shift or sure. something. Sure. Yeah. So, okay, so you got everything got taped him back out. to the cooler and everything, mm-hmm. and then the next day, so, you know, whatever it is, 24 hours mm-hmm. later, we had him at uh Lucas's taxidermist out there to you know, I can cape a deer out and so and so can Lucas, but I mean, if I have a taxidermist, that, dude, like when I watch your your brother do it and stuff, like get my skull cap out and stuff, it's like I it's, i just better let him do it. I mean, usually
0: we're like <laughs> nine beers deep in Kansas cuz
1: we have to cape everything out. Yeah. And it's like at some point we're like, okay, let's just start yeah. if anything, the beers give me a steady hand, but I you know, I just you know, I want to make sure it's done right and I
0: mean yeah. it's just it it probably for us is what, like an hour or two process. And I assume for like maybe, yeah. Your brother it's probably like or you guys. Oh dude, your like, brother can knock him out in what, fifteen, 15 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty
1: impressive. Fun to watch. I'm every once in a while I offer to help him go and hold the antlers. He's like, I got it, I got yeah. it. You know? I'd be looking <laughs> like Jared with the missing finger if I was trying to do it in fifteen minutes. It's, yeah, yeah. Duh. Yeah. So so we got him back to the cooler. Got him, you know, caped out to the neck. Took him to the taxidermist the next day. He finished caping him out. Um, he's gonna deep freeze the hide. So I guess um, I I I didn't specify, but I guess it's fur out, right? Yeah. Fur no, out. It's usually maybe, the best way. Probably rolled up in a garbage bag or something mm-hmm. in the freezer. Yeah. Um, so we'll get a hard freeze. So he can sh- he's gonna put that in a. I don't know. It's not styrofoam, but one of those shipping containers, yeah. shipping yeah. coolers, shipping mm-hmm. coolers, and he'll put dry ice in it, fill it with dry ice, and then overnight it to you, mm-hmm. is what he's doing. And then I don't know what you're going to do with it from there, but put it in the freezer, send send it off to your guy at some point. How do yeah. you ship them yeah. out of your place? So
3: there, basically, any hide that gets shipped from me, I will salt it ahead of
0: time. And that's are and you so it's flushing it at, at all? Yeah, Inzo? well,
3: it'll totally be flushed out, salted,
0: so and a, dried for just um, a, a transparency sake. Let's say Jared basically ships you this. What's the process when you receive it? You, you there's the package. I am. It's coming.
1: You'll have it. Yeah. So, so on a green
3: hide like that, I
0: have my
3: tannery do, does the flushing at this point okay. right now. Um, so I will drive it to the tannery. Okay. Um, I go there every two weeks or oh, it's so. That, how far is it from you? Uh, it's in Mount Eaton, yeah, I'm sure Mount Eaton on. area, yeah, Ohio. it's an Amish guy. Oh, yeah. okay, yep. So
0: it's you're good. driving it to that tannery, yep. where they're gonna flush it. And that's gonna get
3: turned and salted and tanned, and then when I get it back, we'll basically <clears throat> have to thin everything out, and then it's ready to mount. You know? Okay,
0: Yep. and when you talk about the thinning side, what, what process does that include from your end?
3: So, it's about an hour's worth of work. Okay. Um, Uh, basically the lips and the eyes, you want that skin really nice and thin Mm -hmm. so that basically all the detail and there's no shrinkage, there's less shrinkage then if it's thin, um, nose and eyes, and then the ears, you have to peel the cartilage off. And, uh, that's basically the, the most of it. And then patch all the, you know, sew any, any broadhead cuts or anything like that in it. And, uh, usually I run the necks on my flushing machine. I have a flushing machine there in the shop. And uh, that just gives me an, a little bit more stretch and workability in the neck part. But that's basically what we have to do to it after it gets back from the
0: tannery. And I would assume that probably the, the most issues that you as a taxidermist face is people not treating that hide appropriately mm-hmm. before it comes to your
1: shop. Yeah, it, yeah. So I described to you my process. Where, where could we have gone wrong with that? Like where, where do guys go wrong where hair starts slipping and the hide is... Because yeah. I, I maybe but I know I have guys have, taken, guys have taken hides and and they're like I can't use it. You know, yeah. It's no good. Yeah,
3: yeah. I would say I would say you did pretty good. I mean, other than like for me personally, I wouldn't have even drug it. Like I yeah. wouldn't even try lifting it up, dragging it. Out. I would just quarter Hate it. I don't know if yeah. that's possible in North Dakota, but dude, the mosquitoes is honestly what kept
1: us. I mean, really, eating, I yeah. We'd have got picked up and flown away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Some
3: states, I don't know what their rules and regulations are on quartering a deer out in the field. I think but you can. That's that's what I would have done. You'd
0: rather not drag it at all. Literally yeah, quarter, just it quarter it out right there. Yeah. I, I literally, I'm so picky about dragging. Take it down dragging. to the head and, yeah. and and basically, so cape it down to the head and then take everything out.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. Pack it out. Yeah.
1: In a different situation, if we had had more time or something, even if I'd shot him a day earlier, we pr- we probably would have. And honestly, on an early season cape, I don't think dragging
3: them is near as bad. Hmm. Like, so the longer the hair gets, um, you know, and and what you drag it across is sure makes a big difference too. Mud and and rocks and stuff we is were the dragging worst on some tough stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the worst. Real
1: like uh, what's it, it, essentially you'd describe like a mud flight, you know? But it's just like a it's a big dry. cracked, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, crusty. Yeah. But we really we're trying to be intentional. Yeah. About whole, I don't know. Yeah, I'm,
3: you, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's probably fine if you were careful. But yeah, the main thing is like, so deer hair is hollow. Mm-hmm. And when you're dragging it, it can literally be wearing the tips of the hair off. And then, so say you drag it across mud, mud will work its way up into the hair follicle. Oh, wow. And you literally can't get it out. Hmm. You know, if there's blood and, and, and mud and stuff up in those hair follicles, it's just. Mm. Yeah, you just you can because I would as assume as
0: that's want. most people, right? You know, there's blood everywhere. You know, especially in a lot of cases, there's gonna be some wet mud, et cetera, And people are dragging these things out.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'd say like that's the the biggest the biggest issues we usually run into is drag marks and cut through the armpits. Okay, um, you know, people will cut in the wrong spot underneath the armpit instead of behind the leg in the right spot. Mm. That's probably the two biggest things. Um, that and not getting them taken care of quick enough, yeah. you know, like, like you said, you know, you got it in a cooler pretty quick and you're going to freeze it. You know, that's, that's great. But you know what bacteria it's, it's, uh, you know, it's something guys have to keep in mind that bacteria does not just add on to each other. It multiplies. So once, once a skin starts stinking, mm-hmm. like it's going downhill, super, super fast. Yeah. Like you're it's almost uncontrollable at that point. So guys will often wait till they smell something a little bit funny, and then oh I got to get to this to the taxidermist. Too late. It's too late. Like yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start
0: seeing that hair slippage occur and stuff.
3: Yep. And another thing you got to be careful about is sometimes during the rut, um, and when a deer's really run down, they'll actually go bad faster than if they're like early season right Mm -hmm. now and healthy and vibrant. You know, they bacteria won't grow nearly as fast in them. But if they're really run down, sometimes it. Sometimes I mean a couple of days is all you got.
0: So because yeah. I know like a lot of guys from a let's say from a meat standpoint, they want to let let their deer hang, right? Mm-hmm. They they shoot deer, they put it up on the the hanging pool, you know, like that deer. Although we we took care of, um, and they want to leave it hang for a few days. Not so good. Well, I mean, I'd say
3: just skin the thing. Yeah, yeah. Skin it, I, then hang it. I personally, I mean, for the meat's sake, I I skin my deer out almost instantly. Yep. I mean, rarely does a deer go over 30 minutes after I shot it before I have it skinned out. And just quartered. to cool everything. Just, I, I like even to quarter it, you know, just yep. to get, get that, get that, uh, hot, just the, that hot meat cooled down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just skin the thing skin out it. instantly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I mean, it's, it's hard for guys if, you know, you're taking it to the butcher, you don't really know what they're going to be doing. And sometimes during gun season, there's backed up of yeah them you're just laying in it the down. driveway and probably most
1: do. guys right like most guys don't really put a knife in their deer other than to, to gut it yeah, yeah. that's true yeah. you know they just take it to the processor and then what the processor capes them out in a lot of cases yeah or, or either that or they bring it straight to the taxidermist like i would say it.
3: over over 50 to 75 percent of our deer come straight from the butcher Mm. Yeah, really? That's, like that's they another, leave it with the butcher. I bet, butcher. That's, I bet yeah. that's dicey,
0: right? I'm sure there's <laughs> well, some butchers, and I'm not saying just calling them all out, but I'm sure there's some butchers that are really good with knives, and they take, but I mean. Well, their like priority is the meat. In you know? gun season, when you've got a hunter deer lined up, you know, you can't be sitting there for 45 minutes trying to keep this thing out yeah, cleanly. Yeah.
3: For the most part, they do pretty good. I mean, because we yell at them if they don't.
0: Yeah. You know, Um. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> yeah, but anyways. Uh. Knife fight. <laughs> for the most part yeah butchers are butchers are most of the butchers are fine um but yeah the, another big thing too is like a lot of guys butchers when they're busy
1: mm-hmm. they're
3: gonna basically put it in a plastic bag and then they're water flying everywhere so it's all wet in a plastic bag and then if the that's guy like doesn't a not ground up right, yeah if the that's like the worst thing right that can away, happen getting it wet wet and heat. Yeah. Or the, just the two worst. Cause things. that's bacteria. And, yeah. That's just, that's how bacteria multiplies, you know? And, uh, you got to keep that, the moisture and the heat off of them. Yeah.
0: I think a big thing around the, the skinning end is, and cause I used to do it and you know, not every buck or every deer that I killed was getting mounted, but you know, a lot of times I'd hang it up and I'd leave it go. If you skin that deer even two days later or something, it's a pain in the ass, right? It's, it's super hard, especially in like the cold, you know, late November oh, sure. fat builds up. You're trying, to, whereas if you skin that deer in the first 30 minutes, I mean, it's pliable. I mean, you're, you're cleaning and skinning that thing out quick. It makes right it on. so much easier. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, you know, like if you think about the deer camp atmosphere, you know, deer's hung, you're cracking beers and like game over. Like, you know, it's just yeah. gonna, it's just gonna stay there for a while. Yeah. Um, but it, I think to your point, Trav, about trying to skin it out, especially if you're going to mount it and, and really releasing all that heat from the meat is,
1: is super important. What do you yeah. think about is next day? Like, okay. So like a lot of, a lot of guys shoot deer in, in November, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, late November, you know, early November, that's, that's probably your peak, like archery season. So if got, a guy shoots a deer, you know, at night, you know, and he recovers it that night, you bring it in, you hang it up, you're drinking beers with your body, you're just putting tape on it and stuff. Is it okay to let that deer go till the until the next day so if the plan is okay everybody else is going hunting again next day I'm, plans usually probably most common is to skin it the next morning
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly. when i'm
1: in camp and everybody else that's fine. what i did with that uh that yeah. clean 170 i brought that's exactly what happened we shot him at night recovered him that night i skinned him the next day and had it to you by noon
3: yeah yeah that's that's very acceptable that's that's 100 good I but where i'm where i'm talking about is you know, letting it go a week. And that happens quite a bit, to wow. be honest with you. Yeah.
1: Um, I know. A week or more. Dude, guys are like, yeah. like oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: I, yeah. I
0: think what I see a lot <clears throat> for guys is, and I've done it personally, is I will I like to release the heat from the meat. So I'll, I'll skin it out. We're going to co- coin that. I like really, to release the heat, release from, the me meat. heat from the meat. <laughs> that could be a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, let, Nick, put that down for our t shirt uh, ideas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a good one. Um, and, but, when I get to the head, per like what Jared was saying, I'll cut it off and then I'll put the cape and the head over here and then essentially deer's skin. But, you know, now you've got that cape still over the face, over the ears, over everything. So, because that's the most time consuming part for most of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, the hardest part too. Yeah. Of, and so yeah, that's yeah. where I think people probably get hung with like, oh, you know, I skinned it out and stuff. Well, that, they'll let that sit there for, they, sometimes until they take it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how they'll bring it to you guys and say, hey, yep, I caped it out. Well, really, the whole, you know, skull and everything's still in there.
3: And the heat releases out of that pretty quick. Okay. Um, if you get it down to the base of the neck and you cut it off, um, you've eliminated a lot of the heat right there. Okay. You know, and, and the thing is, too, the faster you do that, the more, the more time that will buy you in the end. You know, if you kill an animal and within 15 minutes you've got that thing skinned, And the head off, it will last a long time versus Mm. the guy that lets it go
1: three days or can't recover. skins it it. has to recover it the next day, got shot. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Time is of the essence, then you got to get it off. Exactly.
3: If I let a buck overnight and it's laying there the next morning, that thing's getting skin, and it's going straight to the taxidermist right away, and that's what gets a lot of guys too. I think, yeah, you know, letting them overnight and then, yeah, because then don't they follow
0: their normal process of, okay, well, I recovered it now. We're gonna hang out. We're
1: gonna enjoy camp, and but really, it's already been a day. Well, mm-hmm. dude, this deer right behind you. I was like pretty ner- nerve wracking because like not not only was this deer going overnight, but he's full velvet, mm-hmm. and I'm just petrified over like you know. I know almost right away that velvet's gonna start to rot. Yeah. Um. So. I, I don't think I could have planned that any any better. But fortunately, unfortunately, it's like I never want the deer to suffer. But, like, I had to put another arrow in that deer the next morning. Mm-hmm. So there was you know, obviously no decay happening over, while the animal's still alive. Yeah. Um, so I was able to get another arrow in that thing and then immediately, you know, skin him out. And I had him to, to Jeff within, I don't know, two hours of when the thing yeah. was dead. Yeah, yeah, but That worked out. <laughs> <laughs> but the velvet you got to cons- be concerned about, too.
0: yeah. Which is a you know a small number of of hunters sure. having to deal with on that side yeah um and I assume that that's probably a big thing that if people do kill one in velvet it gets screwed up pretty quickly
3: yeah it can and and you know for the most part it's it's where guys are holding it yeah all that starts to slip all that heat too, taking picks yeah. and stuff like that that's usually the first place it slips right around the bases where mm. guys have their hands all the time. Because yeah.
0: they they call it, what what is the velvet repair called? Is it flocking? Is that what?
3: It's yeah, yeah, flocking. That's yeah. they actually static, strip it and do that, right? Flocking. That's a yeah,
1: completely manufactured velvet. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's just little little fibers that you buy and you put electric to the to the antlers and shake it on there and it just
1: stands up. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, I've actually crazy. got a little machine fooling around with it, but yeah, it's you, it's kind of a huh. neat process. yeah. Do you do much of that? I've seen some Not before really, and I never yeah. thought they looked as good. Like no, it, I. You can never get it like it, like it actually. Yeah, is. like yeah. it actually yeah. is. I mean, yeah. if you look at that, that's a pretty imperfect. Like it just, you know, it, you can tell it's not been flocked. It's just like a. Yeah. Just hair I effect. mean, how
3: are you going to replicate that with all the little veining and? You everything can't. How? Yeah. How could you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that obviously was a unique deer in that mm-hmm. he he never really shed. He yeah, for growing. sure. So maybe his
1: velvet's a little different yeah. than everybody else's, but. Huh. Well, hopefully I did okay on, so that North Dakota deer that I shot had just the remnants, of like two, 2% of his, but it was enough that I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. You, know, yeah, you can see yeah. it in the picture. And so um, I told you before, I just, I stripped it off right there because I knew if we grabbed a hold of that thing, we had it a ways to drag us. We were going to, yeah. we were going to screw it up. So I just peeled the last little bit of it off. I mean, just, just, a, just the pieces that were holding it on. It was already, it was loose and that all came off in one piece and I've got it in a Ziploc bag and. It sat, so we got home, you know, it was late that night. It sat, uh, oh, where was it? It was just in my bag. It was just in my bag, my pack, you know, in a room temp, you know, for overnight. And then I flew home with it the next day. And then I got it in the freezer last night, which in hindsight, I didn't really think, I didn't think about it as being like fleshy still. Because it's, it was pretty dried up on for the most part, but I'll show, I'll show it to you after. And like, I probably rehydrated a little bit. It doesn't smell or anything, okay, and yeah. well, actually, as soon as I put it in the freezer, I pulled it out 15 minutes later to like take a picture of it, and it was it was like I couldn't even see in the bag because yeah. it was whatever, Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> if it
3: rehydrates, you know, it
1: could get to stinking a little bit, but if it was dried out, um, it was probably fine. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, um, is is that how you would recommend doing that? So I'm gonna basically just give you the Ziploc bag and like hope you know. It's a small enough amount that it's not the end of the world if, if it if it doesn't work. No, out. it'll be fine. But I'm gonna have yeah. you like you're gonna freeze dry it. You're gonna put it in a freeze dryer. Yeah, drain. I just
3: I got a little freeze dryer that I use for my food going on. What's that? Like, a, what's that, like an air
1: fryer? Like a, a
3: taxidermist <laughs> no, version burger. It's actually of air fryer. like it's like a vacuum chamber type deal. And uh it freezes it down to like twenty below and then it sucks all the air out and uh that it goes through a little bit of a drying process, but yeah. It's it's a cool is that, is machine. that all that is? A freeze yeah. dryer? Just yeah, it's it that's how it works. Basically, a twenty below zero
1: is like it's cold, but it's not that cold. Yeah. I would have yeah. thought a freeze dryer is like liquid nitrogen you're dipping it in or something. It
3: dries it as it cools or as as it warms up. Um, oh, that's kinda I don't know the whole process that much, but yeah. Hmm. I've fooled around with it. I have my freeze dryer for food, but um, I've I've thrown in like some turkey feet and stuff like that. Yeah, was this
1: one freeze dried or I know no. Je- Jeff injected that with melaid didn't he?
3: No, that one is pickled. Yeah, it's pickled. He actually brought it out to my place and we put it in my uh, tan. It's tan basically. Mm. Yeah, and I found that works out really good on velvet. Um, just putting it right in the tan and, and tanning it. Yeah. yeah, all right So what do
1: you mean? Like you paint
3: the outside of it with a tanning solution? Oh, no, I soak it. I stick it right in, right in the pickle, like. You know, you, have, you have to make a pretty good. Size is it a viscous
1: plate. like? Is it thick or is it just like literally no, a liquid No, it's Water. just a
3: liquid. Yep, yep. Stick huh. it real, in the pickle and roll low it. pH, and you just stick it in there. It has salt and acid and and different stuff like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. How long you leave it in there?
3: Uh usually, uh three days is usually good for that. Yeah, and even, uh-huh. even a day
0: or two. Sometime. Pull it
1: out and let it dry. Yeah. Wow. Do you yeah. rent, do you wash it off? Yeah,
3: or? wash it off and then
1: uh, brush it every couple of days as it's drying. Mm. Yep. I, it's pretty cool you can see there's like there's some ticks in that thing. Okay. In in the on the velvet and stuff, yeah. I'm like that's pretty wild. It's like as <laughs> as is, you know, just to see the dead ticks in there. That's not a surprise these days having Yeah, they're everywhere, nasty, man. You know what, dude, I didn't come across a single tick in North Dakota. Wow. Uh not a one. We were walking through it too. I told you when we were in Kentucky,
0: we hit a patch of seed ticks, Ugh. which caused me to like go down to like, you know, cuz I didn't even know like I was like, what the hell are seed ticks? Because we ha- we get them in Kansas, and you I know they're baby ticks, right? They are. They're like the t- they're the tick larva, basically. Yeah, you know, and then they go through multiple stages until they get to adult size. But I mean, I I literally pick like 150 of
1: them off the boys. That many? Yeah, I mean, oh. cover.
0: I lo- it, it not not
1: all in them, like just crawling.
0: No, like 150 in them. Yeah, that was after we got like oh so we we Is- were going through this trail. <laughs> and harlan said something like his leg was itching i was like whatever and and then i looked and i was like oh it's just mud like we'll rinse it off no they were ticks it looked like mud it was that thick on his legs no way yeah nuts and then so when we get back to the car it's like literally i had a headlamp on and tweezers and i like sat there for like two hours Hmm. yeah nasty yeah they're bad they're just getting bad and uh, i mean we talk about it before like i don't Remember even, like, seeing a tick growing up in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like, I would find one, and it was like, holy shit, like, it's a deer tick. Like, they just, mm-hmm.
1: now it's like every trip, it's like a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, it's been hit or miss for me, I guess. I haven't had one in quite some time. It seems like I used to get them a lot. Maybe because you have Lyme disease, they don't find you attractive anymore. <laughs> it's possible. I Dude, I'll tell you what. Those mosquitoes, like, I'm it for them. Yeah. Like the, oh, dude. It was weird. Like me and Lucas would be out there together and like he's wearing a t shirt like a t shirt, like a, th- yeah. a military thin t shirt type deal. And there's a couple of mosquitoes, but and then you look at me, I'm literally yeah. it look like a fear factor thing. Like I'm getting just like swarmed. It's that ice cream blood you got in you? I got something going, <laughs> dude. And and I would go back and I would like take my shirt off and, and like everybody in camp was like, Oh dude. Like, <laughs> like my shoulders pelted. My it's mainly my shoulders, like yeah. where my pack wasn't and just stuff. Just pelted. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, terrible. I think, like, and they go down pretty quick, but when I when I shot that buck, I finally, like, you know, got r- rid of my ego enough to wear one of those mosquito jackets. Yeah. And oh, thank God, because... Changed the game. Dude, that, well, that last spot that I want was just, I mean, just, they were ferocious, even in the wind, you know, and so the only thing that was left was my face, and so it's like, you wish you had a third hand to just be constantly, like, doing this, just like... <laughs> I mean, oh, just, it was yeah. crazy. Those mosquitoes are gnarly. I mean, those, out there. those mud flats are where you see all that EHD pop up, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I don't know how prevalent it is, but uh, they actually, so we dropped my skull off at a CWD check station. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, they the tax number skull capped it. We kept the, mm-hmm. but then you take the head, I think with the brain in it. I know mm-hmm. Lucas did it yeah, afterwards, yeah. but, and then they there, just needed
0: the brain stem
1: at the end. Yeah. And then there was a phone number for me to text and say, hey, I dropped it off. So they, they know to go back. They kept. know it's there all yeah. right so we'll we'll get to find out if that thing had it because is that
0: in a CWD zone?
1: I don't know mm. I, don't, I don't know I mean, other. I know they have it I think in North Dakota I just don't know where <laughs> I'll tell you what dude um not to sidetrack too far from our taxidermy conversation, but there's something going on out there um in terms of like the gear numbers mm-hmm. and and I don't know like I don't have enough personal experience with it, but just talking with Lucas and his dad um who's you know been out there their their whole lives. Uh, the deer numbers are significantly down. Really? And it's not like, you know, the, the year that they had DHD, which I think was two years ago, um, you know, you hear guys describe like the, he could drive down the river and just smell death, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he spends enough time in those woods that, you you know, when deer die, you, you find them. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's yeah. pi- bone piles, there's remnants of them, there's deadheads and stuff. So that happened, but it seem, it's it, it, it seeming like it's just even despite that, it's like they're just not. Either they're not rebounding or they're not, I don't know, like, you know, there's some cons- conspiracy stuff you could bring up or, you know, there's definitely like chemicals that are getting, apl- like they, oh, from they all the ag? they spray, not just the ag, but a lot of those like residential areas and the surrounding fields, they hit them hard with like a mosquito repellent, like mm. chemical and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a permethrin spray. So, so, you know, we're obviously talking about it, just, you know, it came up and we're talking about, you know, is it? Is it affecting like con- contraceptive or like is it yeah, birth so like, rates? And, yeah. But we saw, I saw some fawns and stuff, but you know, the way he'd describe it is like, dude, these fields that you know, you'd see them, as far as you can see these giant ag fields. He's like, you used to not be able to drive down these roads like at night. Like it was, you were, you would hit it. You, you're you going to hit a deer. We didn't see a deer in those fields the entire week. Not one deer, you know, and, and we had several sits. I had the four sits before I shot that buck. I didn't see a deer hmm i see a deer and i don't uh those guys you know they can't but we can't put a finger on it you know but just to hear uh lucas's dad talk about it, he's like you know even the deer on the wall he's like Ferk, i used to be able to go out every day and see one of those things you know like and now it's like a super rarity and i know there's you know maybe you know it, 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 you talk about like back in the day it's, it's easy mm-hmm. to exaggerate but he's like i literally used to be able to, i'd go out and crack them horns and Free, five bucks would come and run him from every direction, and then they'd leave, and, and they'd come back, and he's like, it's just, it was like, it was just really different, really <laughs> different. Because, I mean, if you think, like, in the southwest part of the state where we mule deer hunt,
0: like, yeah, that I, one year we could watch, you know, 100 whitetails funnel out into that alfalfa field, and I don't know, 20 bucks, and then the next year, we didn't see a deer.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there was a, a drastic change with the drought that mm-hmm. year, which I, I think probably had the most to do with that, but... I haven't noticed what they're talking about anywhere else necessarily, um, mm-hmm. but where, where they're at specifically, it, he's just seeming like a, a trend from ten years ago to today. Um, taking into account, you know, the EHD and stuff that's happened, it still though it seems like a Are there a predators drast- a in that area drastic decline. Yeah, there, there's mountain lions and stuff, but there always has been. Yeah, a lot, You know, there's lots of coyotes and mm-hmm. yeah, dude, they're they're flighty. You know, just you sure. can tell they're getting hunted by n- yeah. not people necessarily. Yeah. They're just hunted all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they got to survive. Weird. Yeah. I mean,
0: that'd be something to figure out. I mean, cause y- you do hear that more and more in different places. You know, I, I don't know if I've necessarily experienced <laughs> it. I mean, the, the EHD thing has been the biggest one.
1: And maybe it is as simple as that. You know, maybe it's just, yeah, they never have recovered from the EHD. Yeah, and... I mean,
0: just two years ago, it's going to take three or four years to bounce back. Yeah. And maybe it won't ever be to where, It was, um, necessarily, depends on how big of an impact it was and, you know, what the hunting regulations are, but yeah, that's, that's
1: concerning. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart.
0: The Hunter Podcast
1: is brought to you by Muddy and Stealth Cam Trail Cameras. Cell cams, cell cam, cell cams. What an evolution the industry has seen and we've experienced personally over the past 5, 10, you know, whatever cameras were invented, right? It's like, man, it's totally changed the way that we inventory deer, patterned deer, and ultimately the decisions that we make when we're going out to hunt. They're a serious piece of the puzzle and, and uh, you know, that information is invaluable for us. We trust the Muddy and Stealth Cams, you know, together to be able to, to collect any of that information.
0: Yeah, I mean, as an admitted trail cam addict, you know, I've been definitely been guilty of of under hunting places or relying too heavily on that information that's come in. That said, it's an invaluable tool to the overall management plan and strategy that I have for my own properties or even hunting public land. It doesn't matter. We have a finite amount of time in going out and hunting. So when you and I are after a particular class or quality of deer, usually mature buck, we can't waste time hunting an area where that deer doesn't exist. And those cell cams provide
1: that information that allow us to spend the time in the area with the highest chance to accomplish our goals. I say it all the time, man. It can't kill them if they're not there. That's it. So right now, any of our listeners can use uh, code HUNTER20 to get 20% off either Muddy or Stealth cameras. Uh, we're certainly gonna be taking advantage of that and we hope you guys do too. Yep, check out Stealth Cam and Muddy. So, but anyways, uh, we, where were we talking? We we're talking about velvet and yep. uh, taking care of that. So, I guess to wrap my stuff up. So he's gonna deep freeze and send you that hide, and it sounds like we're in good shape with that. The velvet, we got it, you know, freezing. You're gonna uh, take care of that and, and sprinkle it back on. And the last thing I guess is the um, the antlers. I, I actually considered. I was like, man, if I can get a skull cap tonight, I was like, I could check it and fly back with it. But we, I don't know. We didn't necessarily have. I didn't have the time, and mm-hmm. I didn't have like all the materials. Like, and so to he's, box it, to box it, and stuff. So he's gonna just ship it back to me directly. So this because you don't need that right until no, nope. um, until you're ready to the, the hide's been tanned and everything. Nice like to have a so, tracking number on that bad boy. I, oh yeah, oh yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna tape all the points, you know, bubble wrap it and everything, and put it in like a you know a solid box and ship it ship mm-hmm. it overnight as well. So hopefully I'll have that back here within a week. He said he just we transferred me some. uh some videos, so we can watch it. Yeah, before the, I have the recovery video and stuff, and oh, dude, what <laughs> what a memory! Like we we because I didn't know, dude, what deer I shot. I I knew it was yeah. I, I was like it, it's it's a shooter for sure, you know, but I didn't I had no idea, I really didn't. So when we went down and recovered that thing, it was me, Lucas, and his dad, and I had prefaced them. I'm like, it's you know. It's at least a three. I was like, I made. I think I made a good shot. I'm more confident in the shot than what deer I hit, you know. Yeah. And so when we went down, and Lucas, Lucas told me he's like, I I knew what deer. He shot. He's like, I just I had a gut feeling, just knew which fun. Yeah. And when we recover him, he's like, it's freaking him. And we, you know, we he's like, it's a giant. <laughs> and do and, and we just lost his like and his dad? Do you got like meet his dad at some point? It's just a, a a hoot. Yeah. You know and. Oh, we yeah we had we had quite a quite a memory down there but but that's it so I mean I'll I'll have you all that stuff and then whenever you need the skull cap and so hopefully cause yeah I you, you did so, well I'm yeah. so early in the year here you know I'll have that back you know you knock them out pretty quick I, I won't hold you to a time frame or whatever but. <laughs> but what are you thinking honestly yeah <laughs> but so like, do you think a couple weeks or yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I, and I'm going I'm going pedestal on this one yeah. I, do, I just had yeah. a you know they're more expensive right and it's you know they take up more space and stuff but like. Just the experience that we had there and the quality of deer mm. that it is for that area and stuff. There was just, I was like, this thing's getting a pedestal. Yeah. Yep.
3: yep. I love pedestals. Yeah. yeah. They're my favorite for sure.
1: Can you do them? So like, is, is everyone, is there uh like, do they all get mounted kind of the same or cause I hadn't, I had envisioned essentially putting it on like a, you know, a black piece of steel, like the square, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, I'm, I'm going to put it straight onto the top of like an old, uh, it's actually a wine barrel, but it looks like mm-hmm. a whiskey barrel, and so I'm just gonna. Yep. Can we do? that? Is there a way to do that? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yep. Yeah, you can. You can do them all different ways. Um, I do a lot of them where I use a like a pipe system where they can spin them around mm. after they're on there. Uh, guys like that, and then you can take you can take them off, on and off. Yeah. And then sometimes too, if I have a piece of driftwood going up, I'll pin them right to the side where you can just pop them off the mm. side of it. That works really good. But, yeah, there's all different kinds of ways you can attach them, and, yeah, it makes no difference. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because that yeah. one has just a metal post that goes into that, you know, landscape, basically, so I can pull it off and, and move yeah. it if I want.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we had some cool ideas for mounts while we were out there maybe you've seen some stuff like this but there's so much water out there uh-huh. and you can hear them like they got across these channels so these oh, bucks yeah. are swimming like on a daily basis and it'd be cool if if you happen to encounter one doing that or and then kill him or something to, to get him like almost on a glass table or something where his head's oh
0: that'd be really cool you know what i mean where he's yeah. where
1: he's actively swimming and stuff head, head up above water that'd be really cool i've seen those with like gator mounts and stuff yeah and something like that. that'd that be
0: pretty be sick pretty wild yeah That'd be really cool.
1: Yeah. This was, when I killed this buck, it was the only hunt that we didn't get in a boat beforehand. We, we put in like 40 miles on the... Because on this the, one
0: had a land bridge over to the
1: mm-hmm, peninsula. Yeah, and we had access through some private stuff to get to it. So it was it, it was public land where I shot them, but mm-hmm. we accessed through a small piece of private. And uh, yeah, it was the only hunt we didn't get in the water of some sort. Other times we were canoeing down channels and...
3: Mm-hmm. A lot but, of river bottoms, probably.
1: All river bottoms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of, we saw a lot of moose. You know, pushed a bull moose out of that last spot and stuff and that's not yeah, wild country to oh, think it about it. It is for sure. Hmm. But you're getting ready to head out west here pretty soon, right? Yeah. Yeah,
3: here uh couple weeks hopefully. Yeah. Been training <laughs> hopefully. sometime before the end of September. Yeah. Yeah. I I was I just came back from Alaska, so I kinda got my mountain legs on me a little bit.
1: So you did, that's yeah. right. Did yeah. you what were you guys hunting out there?
3: So I had a buddy that he wanted to do a sheep hunt. Um and did you kill a sheep out there? No, I didn't. No, You told I You told me about
1: that. Oh, he 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 did. He killed a sheep. Just yeah. brought you with him type
3: of deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just there to pack his stuff and everything. So yeah, yeah. and he killed I got him? to experience the the whole deal. And that was yeah. It was just is that a phenomenal. doll sheep or yeah yeah yeah. Yep. And I got to shoot a caribou and a wolf when I was there. You did. And yeah, and then he got a grizzly too. So whoa. Yep. yep. We had wow. an action-packed adventure.
0: Holy cow,
1: <laughs> man! That's
3: crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you like adventure hunts, like Alaska is. It's, get it's much more adventurous notch, yeah. than
1: that. Yeah.
0: It's top notch. How yeah. big was the wolf?
3: Uh I don't even I mean when I was holding him up, like grabbing him by the by the chest, I think it was. His feet were coming close to the round. I mean, oh. I don't know what poundage wise, even what it was. It was probably an average size. Is that the first
0: yeah. one you've shot?
3: Yeah. 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 I've never shot a Did wolf. Did it
0: see like was it one of those experiences you walked up and you're like like this thing's big?
3: Dude, the feet. The feet are the like the craziest, like their paws are just huge. Like that's that's what caught me, you know? yeah. And their head, obviously, yeah. and and everything. Yeah, because you but. think
0: like, oh, it's just like a big dog, but when you walk up on it, it's like, whoa.
3: And it was kind of a scrawny looking thing, yeah. But, but it was still big and long and lanky or whatever. But yeah, it was it was a cool, cool yeah. deal.
1: Speaking of Africa, not to backtrack at all, I just got a pile of pictures of one of the guys that hunts with us in Ohio. He's, uh-huh. I guess, he's in Africa. Anyway. Is that Willie? They shot a pile of stuff. Yeah, him and Glenn. I assume. Do, do they do most of that stuff over there? Like guys that are in Africa, they just leave it with a taxidermist, and then they a ship few, it all back. A
3: few guys do, but a lot of them, I would say, most of them bring it bring it back. They do, yeah,
1: they do. Yep. And there's some kind of like weird import. Yeah, it takes a while.
3: It mm-hmm. takes a good while, mm-hmm. and then it's got to it's got to go to like a tannery. Um, I don't even know it. I want to say FDA, but that ain't the right letters to it. But mm-hmm. anyways, it's
1: got to go to a to a tannery as soon as it certified. comes over. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. So mm. anyways though, what you we were on when, so when did you leave for that? Uh Alaska uh That was
3: hunt. uh August sixth or something like that. Oh no yeah. way. Yeah, so I we That's just got super back super early. Yeah, yeah, we were up there and I thought I was gonna have to cancel the pod because <laughs> we weren't sure. Like we literally shot our sheep the last day that we could before we were gonna have to reschedule our flights oh, wow. to the end of the season. Oh, what'd you tell us? That? You'd have just yeah. extended have the flight? Just, we'd have just extended everything. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Yep. So, yeah, the outfitter said, you guys are getting a sheep no matter what, as long as you're willing to stay. So yeah. we were in for the long
1: haul. That's wow. what you got to yeah. do for these things, man. That North yeah. Dakota trip, I don't know if I told you, I pushed my flights two days. Really? It was I did, smart. Yeah. I didn't stay longer, but I went, I, you know, I just pushed the trip back two days because yeah. of the weather. Mm. That's probably what gets most people. You just don't budget enough time.
3: Like it just takes time on those hunts. Mm -hmm. You know, you got down days, weather days and everything like that. You got to, you got to figure enough time to be successful. How long were you guys up there for? Um, I want to say we hunted for 19 days. (laughs) Yeah. And this was the first legal sheep that we found.
2: Holy It was just
3: really, it's one of those (laughs) hunts where it can be really easy or it can be really grueling and long and just go forever. But, um, it's, it's one of those hunts where like you work so hard at it. That when you finally accomplish it, it's just like it's, yeah, it's almost high,
0: over top size. of emo- emotions. Yeah. So the yeah. doll,
1: the doll sheep. Forgive me for my negligence here. It's those are white. Yeah, they're those white. little black antler horns. I guess. No, no, they they've got the curls. Curls. And oh yeah,
3: they've got to be full curl to be legal. Okay,
1: okay. so that puts
3: them at usually <clears throat> around eight years old. Um, hmm. So they base you're basically taking I I don't know what percent, but it's a very low percentage. Oh wow, of the herd. Yeah, that's a
1: wild looking deal. So yeah. that's different than like a Big horn. A bighorn is their more grayish brown mm-hmm. is the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh
3: yeah, that's a cool looking yeah. animal. The cool thing is where they live, like just way up in the rocks and yeah, uh, that's that's the best part about it.
0: And so yeah. he also killed a grizzly? Yeah.
1: Whoa. Yep. Yeah. All all rifle. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Actually Chris B was in camp there. Oh,
1: yeah? Yeah, because yeah, he, he shot a caribou.
3: Yeah, I never got to see him. We but, knew he was going. I didn't... I didn't yeah, uh, I just... I seen his name up there, and I was like, huh, what the world? I guess I missed him.
1: <laughs> yeah. he, he never got to see him? No, no. Uh, so he, how's that work?
3: You you fly into a lodge, and then you go out in the field from there, and you're just out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he could have been
0: 100 miles from us, you know? At, wow. Yeah. So basically, they basically... That's the central base camp, and exactly. then everybody's spiking out from there. Yeah. How okay.
1: many, like, guys would you say are in the... Or how many names are on the board or whatever?
3: Oh, I. this this was like over the last three years, all the names that were up there. But he had Crispy mm. 2023 or something like that written there. So I was like, oh, he was here this year. Wicked. Yeah, because yeah, he was up, up there caribou about...
0: hunting. He killed a caribou, actually. Yeah, we knew he was coming. He, he just came guy. on a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, that's him. what he told us at that. He's like, again yeah, Alaska's first yeah. trip. Because I saw he was out. He's heading to elk camp for three weeks now. Mm-hmm.
1: So... Small oh, yeah, world I, though. I don't know. You didn't run into my cousin out there, did you? You know Ethan guides in Alaska? That's your cousin? Sheep hunts. Ethan Johnson? No way. Were yeah. you with him? Absolutely. Yeah, I flew with him. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> my, that's, that's insane. That's my first cousin. <laughs> I
3: see. He was at
1: the farm a couple weeks ago. I see. Yeah, they're from Broken Bow, Nebraska. Okay. Yeah, but so he guides yeah. sheep and so what's that what's that Alfredo's name? Uh what? Riley Pitts. What's the company called
3: though? Uh Big Game Backcountry Guides. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know if I could have sure told you that yeah. necessarily, but
1: yeah, he's yep. been guiding with them for a, a long time. That's yeah, funny. super cool guy. How, yeah, I what like a him. small world. Dude. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we escaped to Alaska to get away. Oh, we know everybody. Crispy, your cousin.
1: How funny. Uh, so, did he actually guide you, or just you flew together?
3: No, he's just a pilot now. He used oh. to guide, but yeah, he he actually flew. He, me I back know he's into a big pilot,
1: dude. They fly all over. Like they're they're farming uh, Nebraska. He tells me all the time about like uh, you hear crazy stories about them flying planes down and dropping their wheels on their buddies' trucks and stuff, and they're shooting yeah. coyotes out of them all the time. Like, those guys just fly planes like it's, you know. I mean, if like, he's a bush pilot, he's yeah. probably going to have some stones on him. So, <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean,
0: they're flying in some gnarly stuff up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, this one place we were landing, we flew around, and we made another pass, and I was like, what are we doing, you know? Like, oh, just, you know, checking to see where all the logs and the stones and stuff are so you can dodge them I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's just so funny. Dude. Looking Is at everything. Your cousin? Yeah. He uh, used to
1: uh he used to film for Sub Seven and uh which was like Lee and Tiffany. So he used to film for Lee and Tiffany way early on and okay. uh and Foxworthy as well. And then I don't know if that sub seven's still around, but he got into more, you know, farming and, mm-hmm. and more in, into the guiding and stuff too. And then I think more recently here has gotten his pilot's license and pretty yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, that's neat. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, small world, man.
0: I'm a scary small.
1: (laughs) I know. That's weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, just because, I mean, you you think of like Alaska and how freaking big it is. And then look, there's two people you you cross paths with. How many
1: guides, you know, I think are, you know, good operations are up there? Is there quite a few or? There's a decent amount. But man, I'm just hearing more and
3: more like just the horror stories, you know, of uh, guys not getting treated well. I was going to say that. not getting treated well. That's
0: that's not the place you want to be with a piss-poor service. <laughs> yeah, for <You> know, sure. <laughs> speaking <laughs> yeah. of grizzlies and everything, like you want to make sure that you're with the right people up there or f- even flying in some of these back areas with a, a bush pilot. Like That guy better know what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what was the trip like? You flew from, have a layer somewhere, and then to Washington, and then a third flight up into Alaska? Yeah. And then a to,
3: fourth flight, probably? Flew to Seattle, then to uh, Anchorage. Then did a direct Anchorage. flight to Seattle? Yeah. it uh, yeah. Works out. And then to Purdue Bay. Um, so that's basically right up along the Northern edge of, of Alaska there. Mm -hmm. And then they actually drove, they flew their bush planes into the airport there and picked us up and flew us out to the lodge. Yeah. And, uh, then from there they fly you out to the field. Wow. Like every day type of thing? Every day. No, 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 you're out in the field. You stay in the field. 10, 12 days, however long it takes. Gotcha. Yeah, Yeah. Yep.
0: And you set up your own spike camp out there.
3: Yep. Yep. Fly out there, set up your tents. And then usually you have kind of a base camp by the strip. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of backpack hunt from there. You go out for three, four days, one direction, then go out another direction. That's kinda how they typically do. So
1: So was it yeah. you, the the guy that you were hunting with and one guide or how many people did you yeah. have? Yep. You there were three of us Just total. Three of
3: you? Yep. Me and my buddy and uh the guide. Yep. Hmm.
1: Yep. A lot of glassing. A lot of, so did you it's guys start, very start with sheep or was it just opportunistic if you bounced some of it? Yeah,
3: like? we were obviously our sheep was our number one. So we kind of sheep hunted. And then if something else got in our way, we shot that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> style. Yeah.
1: Yep. I know Ethan guided my uncle, his dad, uh, a couple of years, I, I guess, out in that same region for and he shot a uh, a giant grizzly with his pistol. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there's there's quite a few grizzlies around. We saw a decent amount of them. You yeah. did, and the crazy thing is, like, so you set up your camp down by the rivers and stuff, and that's literally where the grizzlies. Yeah, are. all the I same. And there's grizzly tracks just walking yeah. right by your, you know, going by your tents and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's pretty insane. But yeah, you don't you don't walk anywhere without a gun, and mm-hmm.
0: yeah, definitely definitely
3: keep your head on a swivel. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean,
0: that's what it seems like for most people that are up there. It's like. You know, but the depending on where you're at in the bear population, it's like, you know, you're you're just as much looking for whatever you're hunting as you are keeping an eye out on your own ass, mm. basically. Um so yeah, yep. it gets yep. gets dicey in some of those spots. Uh in fact, I don't know. Uh I think it was up there when um few years ago when Levi Morgan was hunting and, and they were like going down through a bunch of brush and stuff and they got charged by a grizzly. Like they were basically in the brush and like, thanks, so you know, it's like n- damn near on top of you. And I think yeah. God fired a few shots at it and, but it, it was, you know, your butthole puckered basically.
1: <laughs> sure. You yeah. Know.
3: I mean, yeah. if you have a couple of different guys, you know, that it goes, your, your, that danger goes down significantly because. Obviously, you can cover for each other. Yeah, you got more apples. will get in a group and yell at them or whatever, and sometimes they'll turn and run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, it's definitely got to keep it in mind. Hmm. But yeah, wow, yeah, man, that sounds like a wild trip. It's a real, it's real glassing intensive. Like, and I, I love that style of hunting, um, just getting high and glassing. Yeah. So, I was like in heaven. Up so, would you it's take just,
1: you take a spotting scope then for that, or is it yeah, just, yeah, yeah? I've yeah. showed you those binos that I have, right? I don't know. if— those image-stabilized image deals? deals? You have
3: those, yeah. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, they I've never seen you yours
1: here. Your, mm, they may be in the truck. Oh, dude. Yeah, if you're doing yeah. any glassing at all, like...
0: Uh, we'll see if they're in my truck. I've heard when a lot the about them.
3: I don't... Like, up there in, in an area like that, I don't know if they do you much good, but in, like, a thick area where you're glassing, you know... Yeah, I mean, like, when tripod. we were in the
0: Dakotas for muleys, like, just instead of having to set up a tripod and that... You just... You know, and you're you're seeing a mile and a half pretty easily to know, like, if I'm going to go over there or if I'm glassing one off. Yeah. yeah. So, now, so you guys kill all that stuff. Obviously, it's not like, oh, let's get this thing in the freezer. Like, what do you do with capes and stuff? Because, I mean, that that would soon be my concern as a taxidermist is how am I going to properly take care of these things while I'm out here for yeah. two weeks?
3: Well, the biggest thing was, I mean... Basically, I skinned everything and flushed it right on the spot. You did? Yeah. Okay. So, that that significantly... And flushed freed. it right on the spot. Yeah. Turned the lips, nose, ears, you know, all that stuff got all the flesh off of it. Mm. Um, once you do that, I mean, you're pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were very good about getting your stuff out of the field. Like, you'd text them, like, you have in-reaches or whatever. Yep. So, satellite, messenger, uh Message the outfitter and he'd fly out as soon as he could possibly. could. So, you guys are yeah. still
0: out, but he lands, he takes stuff and gets it back. Exactly. So, oh, you pack okay. it back to the strip. Yep. He'd come flying in and,
3: and pick it up and haul it back, and they would start salting and everything right wow. there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, they had a really good operation up there. I was very impressed. Yeah. I know that's yeah. a big concern for like when I shot that elk last year. Uh, when you're in there by horseback, it's, it's like it's at least a day before yeah. that stuff is getting back. And like, we, we you know, we did our best to recover him right away and get him quartered, get the meat separated and stuff. But still, um, I mean, it's, you know, not, didn't, didn't I you worry, guys have... you know, it's sitting there, it's 60, de- 70 degrees during the day. It's sitting in the shade, but you're like, man, I hope it's, yeah. I hope it's gonna be okay. Didn't yeah. you have a, an elk or your dad had one that yeah. went bad? Yeah. Well, I, that just speaks to like, you know, going with guy and maybe you, you learn it with experience, hard lessons like that, unfortunately. But I, yeah, dad was out there. He's out there right now. I know. Yeah. Um, they shot an elk, and it sounds like it was a questionable shot. So they didn't look for it till the next day, and it took them a while to find it. I think it was a gut shot, so it was already, you know. Mm. And I don't know exactly if they got, I'm assuming they gutted it, or, uh, but they spent and it, and it rained, you know, and it's just not. It didn't sound like a good situation at all. So, but then I spent the whole next day packing it out. You know, they quartered it there, and they and they packed mm. it out on their backs and stuff, and they finally got it to the processor, and he's like. No, it's not. It's rancid. Like smell it.
3: Yeah.
0: You
1: hmm. know? And I. I don't yeah. Know. And I would assume if the meat's gone bad, your cape's probably
0: in in rough shape at that point.
1: It too. depends.
3: It depends. Yeah. Some of those elk capes are probably one of the most hardy capes. Are that they? There are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems that way. Anyways. Yeah.
1: I don't recall if he was if it was like a good bull or if he was going to mount. It might have even been a cow. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. So, but it was. The, I remember the meat was rancid, and that was like. Yeah. You know what? What a a blow. Like, yeah. Because it was a tough hunt already. I think they were having trouble finding elk and stuff. And when they finally did get one, it was a bad shot. And then when they finally did get the meat to the processor, it was yeah. bad. <laughs> it's a lot of work for Just nothing. Oh, yeah. dude, the whole yeah. thing sounded like not something you want to repeat. You know? Because that's
0: what I'm like trying to think positively for this upcoming week when we're Kentucky elk hunting. It's like it's gonna be hot. You know? So if if he shoots one, right? Even if we find it, number one, I mean, we're in like old strip mine areas. It's straight up, straight down. So you
1: gotta quarter it, cape it out, get it out of there. You know it's eighty five degrees. Listen to this. I, it's kind of a pretty random thought here, but somehow you you spike this. So we've talked to Mike. You, you know Mike Yoder out of Ohio. He runs that. I've, dr- I've watched drone his stuff. deer recovery. Yeah, stuff. That's about it. Yeah. Cool guy. Also has a pilot's license. Uh, I, you've seen these drones that they're they're doing pest herbicides and stuff yep. with. So uh, clearly they have unmanned. You yeah, know, You know, drones that you can fly a significant amount of weight on. Yeah. How many times have you been in your tree stand and thought like, oh, I wish I had like a sky, some kind of sky elevator, some Charlie and a chocolate factory type thing to get me in here. Get me in. Dude, imagine if you could just stra- strap into a cable, not on the drone, but like have it way up above you <laughs> for stealth and, and, and you're hooked in, you know, let's think about these guys saddle on, right? Just hanging from your, yeah, or you're driving, driving the remote, yes. on it. drive you in, bring you bring you right down, fly the thing away, park it. When you, when you need to get in all the deer and field flying, in, I'm sure that falls under some category of like hunting with a drum. but I'm also sure they haven't written a yeah. thing for that yet. So. No, I'm sure they haven't.
0: Those big ones. I mean, well, cause I think most of those can only carry like up to 10 gallons or so. And so what's, what's a gallon of water?
1: Why? Pints a pound. I've seen dude, have, I've seen videos of drones like guys holding on to maybe? them. Eight pounds.
0: pounds for a gallon of water then probably? So you're talking about 80 pounds? Oh, no that way. Lift can,
1: I'm sure there's drones that carry way more than that. Yeah. I've, se- I've seen videos of drones, guys holding on to them and picking them up.
0: Those ones we saw at the Ag Progress right. days were giant. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm talking about. You need yeah. a you need A, big a one, beast. It's like pretty much a helicopter. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Be a little noisy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why I'm saying get it way up there, you know? Yeah. And you could just hang from. You could hang from. I was thinking about you know taking meat out that way. Yeah, is what spurred that thought. But taking, uh dude, I, it, I'm, you know, we talk about the progression of electronics
0: and and hunting and so it wouldn't surprise me at some point if there aren't bush pilots, it's remote drones that come in and pick your stuff up at camp and take it right back out type yeah. of thing. Yeah.
3: Well, here's something interesting. So we were driving over a big, huge, flat area out there, and there's this big old payloader out there in the middle. I was like how i was asked the pilot i was like how in the world did you guys get that thing or did they get that thing out mm-hmm. here and he's like oh helicopter brought it out <laughs> so and they brought it, it out piece by piece you know bringing wow. a tire on the helicopter and on yeah. and on yeah well dude
1: out west another application of that whether it's a helicopter or a uh, you know the the drone thing i'm proposing here is like getting across some of these to those landlocked mm-hmm. publics you know pick oh, up yeah. and fly it across private Yeah.
0: Well, you think about like military helicopters and stuff taking, you know, bulldozers and things in all the time. I mean, they're they're lifting those things and dropping them down in the desert. You know, they have the
1: technology. It's just not, you know, feasible for public. yeah. Yeah. Well, whether it is public or it's just not financially doable. Well, I mean,
0: you look at what Mike did on the thermal drone thing. It's like, you know. Two, even two years ago, who would have said, I'll pay $25,000 for a thermal drone and that's how we'll find deer? You know, it wasn't even on the top of any of our minds, which is why Mike's very successful at yeah. it. And took, now it's like, well, damn, that's a great idea. I just took
1: a, a business <laughs> mind to do, to do the math and say, well, yeah. if I charge 500 per and if yeah. I have to do 30 of these to pay for my drone, it's kind of a no brainer. It's no
0: different than the military. I mean, think about all the like unmanned drones that we use in the military now versus like manned planes and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just evolution of risk and, and safety and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, at some point, I'm sure, you know, instead of a bush pilot flying out to pick up your stuff, it'll be a drone that comes in sets sits down, you hook it up, and it'll back out. Sure. I think I they're not allowed to
3: have helicopters in that area, I know. Um, probably, probably. Unless it's for rescue, search for, for rescue, rescue or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how a drone, I'm sure drones are probably not allowed mm-hmm. either. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: that's, that's some nasty territory. I mean, it's one of the, I remember reading a stat one time, I think it was when I was going to school for like a biologist and it was like the number one death for like wildlife biologists was like playing in helicopter crashes. And a lot of them were in Alaska. Yeah. Cause you think about how nasty some of those, the weather conditions and, and turbulence and everything that you end up hitting through some of those passes is like, you know. Yeah. Hard. Yeah, they to they have to
3: turn around sometimes and come back. Yeah, they did that a
0: couple of times when we were there. Yeah, just they go out it. to take somebody and they just had to come right back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got too rough. And again, you think about now versus like in the seventies and eighties when people were doing that. I mean, technology's advanced so far, and like we still have to do that kind of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh, Mother Nature up there is is wicked for sure. Um So you're not done. Obviously, it's you know September. We're just getting going here. You got another Western hunt. Coming up? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to go to Wyoming. I have a couple elk tags out there. So. And you go to Wyoming a couple.
1: almost every year, right? Yeah,
3: I have four elk tags, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> Not all for Wyoming, obviously. <laughs> Three for Wyoming. So a bull tag really? and two cow tags. Wow. wow. And then I have an Idaho tag, too, just in case I get done early, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Will you shoot
1: that many? Would you...
3: I'll shoot as many as I can get. I love the meat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I, I eat game meat. Like, that's all I eat. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I eat it all the time. I mean, I the sheep, he gave me half the sheep, and it's almost gone already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. I, I'll knock out stuff like crazy. Dude, down. I, I got to tell you, I was I, – I'm just not – I'm not a huge game guy, and it's my fault because I don't, you know – if you take care of it,
0: it is amazing. You like, would think well, with your lifestyle hide and off. your
1: diet, like, it I would I know, fit. I know. And there have been times where I fantasized about, like, I'm going to really get into the. Because you ju- ate
0: all your elk meat from last year.
1: I have it all. I have a lot of it still in yeah. the freezer. I, just, I don't eat it as you often. You gave it
0: to me, and I ate a bunch.
1: Uh, dude, I'll give it. If anybody <laughs> wants elk meat, let me know. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hook it. I love giving it to people. Dude, you have as much mm, as you want, seriously. Yeah. Um, in North Dakota, his, uh, his wife cooked a lot of venison for us, and also we ate the ribs which i've never done yeah. off of my buck right then and there like when we were caping it out yeah. his dad, dad cooked them cut them off right on the fire and we ate them right there i can see why people don't eat them but also it was really good it was, yeah you know it's like different part of the experience yeah it's not beef ribs but dude i ha- she um canned some venison oh yeah oh my word yeah. i couldn't believe that off it was venison charts. it was like so good yeah Real tender, just super tender. We had it mixed into, yep. uh, you know, whatever. So I made me rethink. Like, dude, I and I knew this was the case. I'm just not. It takes time it, and right. patience, right, to
0: do to do a lot of that stuff. For but, but if but I can, I'll
1: give that recipe to like my mom because she does a lot of canning of her gardening stuff. I'll be yep. like, here, do this with these deer. <laughs> It's
0: it you know it it is a I don't know if it's necessarily an acquired taste it kind of is in that like there are certain people I know that will eat like if I make um if I make venison sausage or something like that or I like I made a I made a ton of venison uh,
1: hot Italian sausage mm-hmm. this year which is awesome dude we had venison bacon yeah freaking really uh, good real. I had it on like an egg sandwich yeah, really <laughs> good
0: but like at the same time like I I love just like a really nice like medium rare grilled tenderloin mm-hmm. type, you know, or backstrap or whatever. And there's a lot of people that just like, you know, hunters who just are like, nah, I don't like, like, I don't like that. And it's like, really? Like that's to me, like hard to be one of the best things. And I think it's just cause you know, it's, it's not as fatty and, and stuff as beef. So it's just, you know, Most it's just of the different. time meat's not
3: taken care of very well either. And sure. You know, if, if you take care of it, like they take care of your cow at the butcher shop, I mean, it's, it makes a huge difference. That's I've heard I,
0: caribou is one of the better, you know, meats in that It's It's real soft, like it's yeah. real
3: soft and tender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I ate one of my back straps and it's, yeah, it's really good. Really huh. good. Is there yeah.
1: anything to, obviously it's, it's hard to, you know, plan for this, but like, so that, that deer, that shot in North Dakota was a perfect heart shot. Like when we pulled it out, thing went right through the center of the heart. And, um, Luke's dad mentioned, he's like, did you notice how there was like, when we were uh caping it out and stuff. There was like no blood in anything, and he was describing. He's like, that meat's gonna stick to your knife, like, like, and and I don't know. It's like, is that good? It's like, Do you want that? You know, or, I I don't know.
0: Yeah, hmm. just in um, terms of but like,
1: you, you hear about like if they. If you shoot them a certain way or it takes them, like if their adrenaline gets pumping, you hear mm. about like what makes meat good bad. Oh, yeah, or bad. stresses and things uh-huh. like that. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people hang their deers. They, you know, gravity to remove a lot of the blood from the muscles and stuff yeah. like that. I know a lot of that stuff to me is just kind of like, yeah, you know, hearsay or folklore. I'm like, I don't know what's what's right. You know, it's we try to do our best with it. but Yeah, I don't, I mean, certain things like on the fish side, a lot
0: of times you'll bleed a fish because it's an oily fish. Right. So you'll bleed it so that it kind of pumps up. But from a deer side, I don't know. I mean, people also age their deer, you know, and let it hang and want to age it for weeks at a time or whatever. And
1: it's like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's just something you
0: kind of do. It's like, well, we were cutting, we were taking tenderloins right out of our mule deer. Like, we literally sure. were processing and cooking, and, and I thought it was, like, off the charts. Sure. We were also starving, but. Yeah. Sure. <laughs>
3: it's always way better out there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah.
1: Well, like, we actually have meat, you know. Yeah, well, it just, you know, shines light on the fact that whether it's from the taxidermy standpoint, on the hide and, and all that stuff, or on the, on the meat side, of things, There's a lot of, I think, unknowns, unless you really are, like, a professional. You've done You've done a lot of them. I would say that most people
0: mishandle hide and meat then actually handle it correctly yeah just from a generalized standpoint and that's no knock on anyone but temperature there's a lot of things i mean think of getting a 65 degree day in november and it's like oh you know you know you just you're not in a rush and like you know as that progresses bacteria for the hide and for the
1: meat everything adds up pretty quickly at the same time there aren't there guys that dry age their meat like they just like literally hang it outside for like six months uh, Regardless uh, usually of usually like a stuff? dark
0: a dark cool place, okay is what they do, and then they cut the cut the right. top um, off, yeah, yep, and then have that meat in there. There's a lot of people that dry age that stuff. I think the and again I'm not a butcher by any means. I think in the meat side of things, a lot of it is like the glands, making sure that you know you're breaking apart and getting those glands out. Obviously not busting, like, the pee sack and getting pee all over the meat and things like that. Like, there's just, in timing from a warmth standpoint, um, especially early season, being able to get as much heat out of that body I as possible. I think that's the biggest
3: thing. That's when I yep. noticed the biggest change is when I just got them cooled down as fast as possible. As fast possible.
0: as possible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. I know a lot of people... Um, well, in the early season, it used to be like they would skin it and they would they would have it like a you know like a slab of beef base, have it and just open it up and you know just try to get as much cool air into that thing as possible.
1: Quartering probably helps with that just to get the yeah. meat separate yeah, exactly. so it's on it's just yeah. by itself and then get it in the shade and. Stuff. I mean, you've
3: you've probably you know quartered a deer two hours after it's it's done and you you cut the quarter off and they're just steam pouring yep, out. Yep, absolutely. So if you do that, fifteen minutes to half an hour, you just cut a bunch of time yep, off time. of that. Yeah. Yeah, and even like so when I get an elk, you know their their back hams are just huge, <laughs> and uh, so I'll actually slit by the bone and open open I'll that, up. that all open and just let it cool there. Are you just, are
0: you do you debone it completely or just go right by that like femur I and open it. Yeah, yeah debone everything yeah because there's just, no point in hauling all that out exactly yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just open it up yeah that's uh I think it is a big thing from the handling side it it also is just you know how you prepare it you know in terms of cooking it like i'll eat venison tacos you know once a week
1: that's what ta- <laughs> you know, i'm lacking season. yeah i think like from a, a game management standpoint like i'm i'm doing it right yeah. you know but then when it comes to taking the next steps to to process it and it's time turn it and stuff, it's just the time and the yeah like poppers with like jalapeno cream cheese and bacon like i know it'll change your mind real quick like i am jealous of like when i eat really good venison i'm like i could do i can do this yeah, you like, could do this and but do it you it like burgers time.
3: yeah because that's that's what I eat venison burgers yeah burgers yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i basically i take every piece of fat off possible um off the deer yep. and then i'll add like 15 to 20% beef fat mm-hmm. yep. and that's, you do it yourself yeah yeah you just, just grind
1: it so what do you just mix it in what, what, during the grinding process mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Yeah.
3: just weigh it out and then i mix it through a rough grind and i'll just throw chunks of fat in as i go and then uh run it through a fine grind and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: beef fat kind of keeps the dryness mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Have you ever yep. done that bacon or had that?
0: The bacon. I've had it. Venison bacon. I was like, yeah. couldn't believe it. It was yeah. like really good. Cause I mean, it's essentially ground meat and then they smoke it and then they cut it. Yeah. Like it's just bacon. flattened out. Like yeah. Somebody, I don't yep. know,
1: rolled it or something.
0: Yeah. I've, I've liked doing um, breakfast sausages and hot sausages. Mm-hmm. And I'll, instead of beef, I use pork fat. To cut on that side. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people from a venison side, the fat content's a big one. Like if you just grind venison and you don't add anything, Mm -hmm. like it gets dried out really quick. And and yeah, yeah, it it has a little bit of a gamey taste to it. Um, But I think the fat content is what, A lot of people are missing so like when you have a venison burger with no fat cut into it it's like
1: this isn't like really like a good burger that's what i noticed about my elk is like they're so lean yes just uh, a lot of the stuff that i've eaten granted i'm not the best person to prepare it but it's it's tough it's tough and it's dry Mm -hmm. you know and i was i was like "Eh."
0: well i think a lot of people overcook venison as well because it's lean yeah um like even ground meat like if you do ground meat for like um tacos or something sure like you know, you're just like, oh, I'm gonna brown this. Thing. Like that stuff cooks super, super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually you overcook it, and it's tough and it's dry. And you know,
1: have, the things. You have you ever on. had those ribs done like that? Mm-mm. Pretty cool. Yeah. No, yeah. that's aw- when you told me about it. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. So as you were caping it down, have you? Have you ever had? Uh, no. I mean, we had
3: some sheep ribs out there. That's the first I've ever really like. Yeah. We did it out of fire or whatever. Because yeah. you don't yeah.
1: think of like, it, you know, there's not much meat. There. there's not a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like yeah you got to do it just like the indians did it you know this is, how, this is how you do it so you cut cut the ribs off yeah you know just get up to yeah. the, basically the back trap and and hack them up with a sawzall mm-hmm. and then there's a big layer of fat on the outside of it so you take all that off and then it's just i think you just did salt and pepper yeah and then right on the fire you know basically blacken it on the on the fire and like it's Pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. Not a ton of meat, like you said, you're kind yeah. of chawing them apart. And there's like a, a real like a tallowy yep. you know, that kind of gets in your mouth and stuff, but it's kind of a kind of a spiritual, you know, yeah. like you should be doing that. Yeah, that's interesting. No, I've not
0: I've not ever done that. I would assume elk probably has a decent amount of meat there. Sure's it got more than a deer.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's cool. They didn't do like uh the liver or anything. Uh he saved the heart. Yeah. yeah, he's like, my son will freak if I don't bring the heart home, so. Interesting. I don't know how they did it, but. Yeah, because
0: yeah. they end up usually
1: cooking it and making, like, deer heart sandwiches or something. Like, the old-timers used to make that stuff. All yeah, well, it's, see, it's going to be expensive to ship that meat back, so, and I have deer here to shoot, so I yeah. told him just to keep it. You know? Yeah. And I they'll use every part of it, you know, from, he pointed out, and I've never had these before. The neck we usually just let sit. He's like, have you ever had those neck tenderloins? I was like, no. He's like, that's one of the best parts.
0: Huh. I usually make, like, a neck roast. Yeah. Like, I'll pull yeah, that like off as, like, a roast. lot a, of guys will grind it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know what I'm talking about. The, mm-hmm. the neck loins mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had those.
0: Yeah, I usually will have them in, like, a cro- like do crock pot to do, you know, like, French dip or some sort of roast-based stuff. hmm hmm Yeah. Makes me hungry, Nick. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. Feeling that, too. Another yeah. cool trick is that when you
3: uh, fry your burger, if you just put it in a strainer and just rinse it, just you can just see the brown nastiness coming off really yeah, that makes your burger taste a lot better for like tacos and stuff yeah and you just throw your taco seasoning in there huh um, yeah so say that again so when you fry your burger you fry it and then stick it in a strainer and just put it in the sink and just rinse runs, it. run water over top of it and just after let that, you fried it yeah after you fried it and just let that nastiness and then throw it back up. in the
0: pan with your taco seasoning yeah, and exactly stuff. yep Oh, it kind of takes oh, that gamey you're taste talking about out of the, it if you don't
3: like that gamey taste.
1: You got, you're talking yeah. about ground burger. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Mm. yep. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yep. I think yeah, it, If
3: you just learn a few, few cool tricks like that, I yeah. mean, you'd be surprised
1: how good that stuff can taste. I
0: think people yeah. under season stuff, too. We got to get Ali DeAndre's cookbook. I know that's out. I know yeah. it is out. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh,
1: know how much venison is covered in there. But a I'm lot, sure I think. Some good stuff. Yeah,
0: a lot. But yeah, I think a lot of people just under season stuff. And then it's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of what you're dealing with, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... S P baby. Down the hatch. Yeah.
0: It is funny, though, because, like, w- when we killed those mule deer in North Dakota, like, I mean, it was like a feast out there. And you're just like, yeah, this is, like, awesome.
1: Eating the tenderloins. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Over the fire. And, yeah, it's just something, I think, different about, like, what you're in. Even at, like, deer camp. Like, if you're a deer camp, somebody kills, and you pull, you know, backstrap off, and you grow it. Up. Like, it's just...
1: It's just, just part different. Of it. yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. different. Out Dude, there. the first deer I ever shot, my dad, he didn't make me, but he's like, Yeah, well, you have to take a bite of the heart, like a big, like raw. Like he pulled the deer out, wiped, wiped pulled the heart out, wiped it off in the snow. And he's like, I think it's from a movie, like Red Dawn or something. Yeah. And so I did, yeah, I did my first deer when I was 12. Pulled that heart out of that dough and he gave it to me. I took a big old, bite out of it he's like i can't believe you did that yeah. <laughs> you he, idiot he, 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 yeah he made it seem like it was like family tradition he's like oh you always, always we always do that do this, yeah. Yeah, and then afterwards he's like you're nuts dude it's, yeah
0: it's wild that's crazy yeah. hey ozzy osborne yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's wild no i mean i, I think I'll, I, everybody does it differently like uh, I, a lot of people do
1: uh elk or deer liver as well. Mhm. I am just not a liver guy. Yeah, we didn't do anything like with the guts. We we, we got it um and yeah, you know, pulled I, we, he did want to save the heart and I also wanted to see where I shot him obviously and it's it's funny, you know, it's not like I you can see the see through this, you know, an aim for the heart necessarily, but it's especially the angle that I hit that deer at cuz I hit him uh, you know, quarter and away. Yeah, quarter and away, And it was it was dark too, you know. Yeah. So I was uh towards the back of the rib cage and it come out Right there, yeah, right in his armpit, basically, right in front of his front shoulder. did you so-
0: catch close long?
1: I don't know, you'd think so i I don't know. Pro- probably, you basically, yeah. could, yes, you couldn't I, have missed close. I couldn't long have missed it to go through I the heart. I couldn't have missed it. But I, I, all I knew is when I found that heart, was sucked my finger right in, right and through, like, right through it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Are you using
0: that sever broadhead, or yeah, 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 whacked okay. That the was sever. A,
1: like the first thing I asked him. I was like, "What yeah. sever do?" Uh, dude, that, that arrows never looked better. I mean, yeah. not that the broadhead necessarily determines how the arrow looks, but it was complete. I mean, goes Cover. through the heart. You know, it catches all that blood on the way yeah. out, and immediately we could see him spraying. Yeah, that's and me- awesome. Immediately.
0: Yeah. That's what I, I just put mine on yesterday. There's one one seven five titanium.
1: Dude, don't make don't travel with those in your bow case if you're doing. I don't know if that was you I saw doing that. Broadheads in your on your arrows in your bow case. Well, I took the I took
0: the foam out, so they're way up in there now.
1: No, in your bow case, not in your. Oh. You yeah. Know yeah what I mean. Yeah. Like so, because when I. Granted, I was flying. They were not as gentle on the sure. case, but I would get there, and some of my arrows would had fallen, fallen out. Fallen out of them. Yeah, you don't want to lose broadhead in there like, with your strain. Yeah, no, that would be bad Bad news. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yep, been there, done that. Yeah. Have you? I went back to grab my bow, and it's poof, in 100 pieces, yeah.
1: Oh,
0: no. Out of your
3: case? No, it wasn't in a case. It was in the back of my truck. Yep. And I don't know even what it hit, but it was rubbing against something while I was driving. And, uh And yeah, it just got back there, and it was shredded
1: wow yeah (laughs) it's not a good day yeah i was glad i was glad to it's funny dude shooting your bow the first time you get somewhere especially (laughs) you know because i got up early and it's like the excitement's there too and there was you know we had guys in you know oh, yeah. as a part of that camp and and so like nerves are on and stuff and it's funny i almost rip my rip right through your cams you know just from the excitement and stuff and then i'm like i'm just like okay calm down and everybody's watching and stuff those first couple shots once you, you yeah. travel with your bow and stuff are, are edgy. a lot of
0: people don't shoot their bow when they get to somewhere and it's like man there's a lot of things that can happen in travel
1: oh yeah you have to yeah yeah you have to The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Hoyt Archery. Oh, dude, it's almost
0: fall. You and I are both going to be in a tree stand with brand new Hoyt bows. We're going to be shooting the RX-7 carbon bow this year. I know Hoyt's also got the Venoms out, both equally smooth shooting
1: quiet bows. Heck yeah, man. We got a convert on our hands this year. We got a lifelong crossbow guy with a vertical bow in his hands for maybe the first time ever, a good friend of mine. And uh, we've got them all decked out with uh, the inline accessories uh, from the QAD integrated ultra rest uh, to the quiver. And also he's got the SL sidebar mount with a couple of stabilizers from Hoyt as well. So that's going to be a sick shooting bow.
0: Yeah. And Hoyt's been cool enough that anyone listening to this can save 20% on any of the soft good apparels online using the code Hunter, H-U-N-T-R, no E. Uh, And if you want to look at the latest lineup of Hoyt bows, check out your local Hoyt dealer.
1: Get serious, get Hoyt.
0: That's cool though, man. I can't. I like. That's just nuts how that all kind of played out.
1: Oh yeah. Well, well. I know people want to hear the story and stuff, so I'll I'll save it for another one. Yeah. Little, uh, I, I kind of gave you the, the gist there of how that happened, but fortunately, you know, for this conversation, I think we got him taken care of. Nice. It's going to turn into an awesome pedestal mount. That'd be my friend. I've been in the back of my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna, you know, when I one of these deer that's deserving of it. I was like, he's he's getting a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So I just that one feels right.
0: It'll yeah. look cool, man. It'll, uh, yeah. It's it's a cool something that you'll be able to look at every day when you walk in the house, and yeah, it's nice to to be able to see that and live back on it. Do you mount
1: a lot of your own stuff?
3: Uh, I've got the hides tanned and they're in the freezer. Yeah, that's <laughs> got a the last priority, yeah. right? Yeah, I've got a pile in the corner that needs to be <laughs> mounted, but yeah.
1: Does it is it weird though? Like you're like. You know mounting like, your, your own stuff or are you like oh, i'm just not as into it or do you oh no i'd be into it yeah, yeah. but it's just why do something for free when
3: i could do somebody else's sure. and get paid for it you know yeah. it's kind of one of those type of deals yeah. but yeah i i even have a deer in the house right now that's just sitting on the form you know i've got the mm-hmm. just the blank form with a rack sitting on top of it <laughs> you know? Yeah, it just yeah. sits there are you gonna do that uh,
0: caribou that you kill yeah 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 I'd, that was a too, I'm more into it right.
3: mounting that thing than anything. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a cool animal. It's in, yeah. It's in velvet. Yeah, that's awesome. Might be able to save the velvet on it. They're trying to up there. They sent it straight to Knight's Taxidermy to get it dipped or whatever. So, so they do okay.
0: that up there and then they'll ship yeah. it back to you. Yep.
3: So hopefully I'll be able to save that. That'll be a pedestal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that'll look awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. That'll look really cool. For sure. It's a big animal.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they're they're honestly, their bodies are not like super, super big. Like, they're, it just looks like their rack overpowers their body. Like, when you see them walking around, they just look I know. Look it's a huge. goofy. Yeah, they just look huge, especially in velvet, you know, too. But, yeah. I I mean, it's a pretty good one that I shot, actually. And I, I went up there just, I went to sheep hunt, you know, mm-hmm. not caribou hunt. And I was just, I had a tag just in case. I didn't care if I didn't get any or not. And, uh, yeah, we just happened on this thing. And, and, basically, the guy told me, he's like, you better shoot that. That's a big one. better shoot, shoot that. that because, and I had no idea, really, what I was looking at. After, you know, after the fact of seeing a bunch of them, I was like, well, okay, that was a good one. But, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Didn't
0: know it at the time. Dang. Yep. Yeah. That's not, yep. what's, how long does that usually take from the time, like, okay, you shot that, they have it, um, to get that back to your shop to actually start working on it? I think they're expecting sometime between Thanksgiving
3: and Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So, a while They have to get sealed in Alaska there, and then they'll ship it. Yeah. And, and is that
0: federal policy for them that they have to do I, that
3: i think it's i think it's state state policy yeah, yeah
0: so they do all that then they ship that to you
3: so like the sheep it'll actually have to have they drill a hole in it in the in the horn and then they actually put a plug in there hmm. um yeah and then they i'm not sure what they do with the wolf and the caribou but yeah they're alaska has some pretty strict laws yeah on all that stuff they're really
0: yeah they're really pretty strict thorough. On stuff. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's interesting
0: yeah. to see how that all kind of plays out, you know, because I, I get it from, like, coming from an Africa or something. But, you know, from Alaska, you wouldn't think that it would be so strict to get back to you or time-consuming. Yeah,
3: you can get it sealed yourself and just bring it back on the plane if you want to. But, yeah, you you better <laughs> better yeah. be able to, like, jumping around through hoops and all kinds of stuff before you jump yeah, on the plane. Yeah, that seems it, like too we much. We just weren't wanting to hassle. But you got right.
0: your meat back pretty quick. Yeah, yeah,
3: we just loaded the meat right on the plane there. We flew Alaskan the whole way down through here, and they're mm-hmm. just super used to that stuff. Like, yeah, um, yeah. The lady, we were uh, we were moving meat around there, putting stuff on scales, you know, trying to max everything out because I mean it ain't the cheapest thing. Sure. ever. Yeah. So we, we figured out like our second bag, you could have a hundred pounds in there. So we're trying to get just 100 load pounds. it all yeah, up. Yeah. Just you know, and they're just used to it, it. They're like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes Put it, it in nice. dry bags and just bring it home frozen.
0: How was your flight with your bow and stuff?
1: It's fine. Yeah. Easy. Yep. Yeah, easy peasy. Just check the stuff right in. SKB I, case? hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, I put uh, two, well, I went out just, or Amazon. I bought two uh, Numerical code locks. Yeah, piece of cake, dude. I took a 50-pound big duffel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with ever, ever, just everything, uh, my bag and, you know, everything in there. And uh, I just checked it. It was like an oversized item. I flew Delta because mm-hmm. uh, it was only. There. So you checked your bow and you checked your, that bag. And then I took my backpack. I way overpacked on tree clothes. Yeah, yeah. I just had way too many, so I mean, I was really jamming my stuff up under the seat in front of me type yeah. of thing, you know. But um, yeah, no, no issues. Just checked it in, and they dropped it right in. I was there. even
3: surprised how how easy it is for like a gun. Like yeah. I was expecting way more. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never flown with a gun, and it, I didn't even take a gun. I was just watching my buddy or whatever, and yeah, I just fill out some paperwork and mm-hmm. check it in, and good to go. Just like the normal yeah.
0: check-ins. Like yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, you just. You open it up for them to look at, lock it up, and send mm-hmm. it back, yeah. <laughs> Just like a specialty item. The, yeah. o- the only thing I had to, like, change about how I was, and I always forget this, is if you're flying with lithium batteries, those can't be in can't your check. carry. You have to check them. Oh, no, 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 yes, forget it. Can't
0: me. check them. got to be in your carry-on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Like when we go to Kansas and stuff, yep. my entire carry-on's like lithium batteries. Well, so like in, in my little tackle box where I have my, my yeah. broadheads and knocks and stuff like that, I had three. Well, I had a a, a couple uh, extra AAA batteries, and she uh, he asked me, and I was already in a rush and flash. He's like, "You don't have any lithium batteries in here, do you? And I almost was like, "No," nope. but he's you know he's like, "They'll get confiscated if you do." So I, so I opened it up and pulled them out and put them in my because car- you had to check your broadheads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was super nice to be able to. I don't usually check bags, so it was nice to throw my pocket knife in there and stuff, and I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was walking around naked the whole time while I was there. Yeah,
0: that's a big, that's a good call. Cause, well, normally we just try to check in or uh, carry on everything. Mm-hmm. So no knives. We got to go buy knives when we get there. And well, cause stuff.
1: usually, yeah, I fly southwest and you get a free carry on or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I don't usually check stuff, but for yeah. something like this, you obviously have to. Huh. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people just, it's the uncertainty of like, like you said, like I've never flown with a gun. I don't know what this is like, and they just don't want to do it. This is my first
1: time. I think flying, flying with with, with bow. a bow. Yeah, maybe there's been one other time. But. Did you drive
0: to Kansas last year? The second time.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you did. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you you have to like if you're if you are on your own and you've yeah. got to like process the animal and take care of all that stuff. You, there's not really a choice, like you kind of have yeah, to. Yeah, even if you
0: run a car, you still need like coolers and everything
1: right. else, right? All that stuff. And so, fortunately, on this one, you know, staying, uh, you know, w- with a buddy, and um, hmm. so he's able to kind of take care of some of that stuff for me. So that frees you up to be able to fly, which is huge. Yeah, huge. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's wild. I mean,
0: it's. Uh, I think it is a lot of just people uncertain about it, and you know, yeah, driving always makes it easier in terms of your gear, but. When you're driving, you know,
1: twenty hours or whatever, it's not yeah, fun. hard to beat a flight. Yeah, dude, can you talk to us a little bit about um, European mounts? Um, I know I, I've done several myself, and like they're they have been for me anyways, like a big pain in the butt. But mm-hmm. as wall space kind of becomes an issue, mm-hmm. you know, I d- there's definitely dear. I don't know. It just, you know. You still want to memorialize the deer somehow. Oh, it's absolutely. Just. And when you when you know you know, it's like certain deer, I'm like, it's a pedestal. Or this one's, you know, hey, shoulder mount. Or eventually, you know, you shoot some whatever they are, management deer or just Whatever you know, you're like I, I still want to memorialize them, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do a, a European. Uh, I think it's a great option. Mm-hmm. Some advantages yeah. actually even over shoulder mounts that I can pick them up and I you know, they're more transportable. They, they take up less space.
3: Yep, absolutely.
1: Um, how, how do you recommend? You know, I mean, I guess my process for those has been I bought a turkey fryer, like a mm-hmm. uh, turkey fryer, and it's got you know propane flame underneath of it, and I bring that sucker to a, a boil is how I've done it. And and I hear some guys say, oh, you know, don't boil them; it'll they'll get brittle and stuff, or you know, just do it for an hour. Hasn't been the case for me. I'm like to, to get that thing clean. I feel like I have to literally boil it for hours. Yeah, yeah like and, all day. <laughs> and they do get brittle, and it's a pain in the butt. That water boils over, and I was talking to your brother a little bit. He said you guys have bought a thing that's that's more of like a it's it's a it's a a more controlled water. Uh, it's they're not boiling right, but it's it's close.
3: Yeah. So there's there's a couple different ways you can you can boil them actually, and it can work really good. And I I would not recommend bringing it to a full boil, Mm -hmm. maybe just like a light simmer. Yeah. But the biggest thing is, so get every speck of meat that you can cut off first. Yep. That's where, that's probably why you have to boil it too long. So take the eyes out, take the brains out. The brains are really greasy, so you don't want that in there anyway. So just take How a, do you get the brains out? See, I can't get the brains out until
1: I've boiled it because they so got such a small wire, hole.
3: Put a wire on a drill in a drill and just make a loop on the end and just stick it in there and just start on a drill, just start churning it up. Mm. And mm. Uh, just brain, brain stew yep. is what they're stir, talking about. Stir mm. that stuff up till it's like it's just like water in there and then just dump it out. Ugh. Yep. I mean doing skulls is not a pretty deal. It's not pretty, <laughs> it's just dude. Not it's pretty not pretty any way you look at it. Yeah. It's a little bit of a yeah. lobotomy yeah.
1: there. Dude out in a yard yeah. and I mean it's yeah, it's wicked. I've, I've got all these tools, I got pliers, I got, you know, hangers, I got it. Yeah. And it's never easy. I always end up busting more times than not, I end up busting off one or both of those uh you know, the whatever that you would call those, the On the nose. On like the, coming around. Yeah, the longer nose bones. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I yeah. the cartilage yeah. boils out to a point where they just yeah. they fall out. And I just I end up super... And they should super because there's only
3: then. there's grease that's holding those in. So those, mm-hmm. I mean, when we do it, when we beetle them and degrease them, those all come out. Okay. Yep. Teeth will fall out. The, nose, know, are,
1: the nose is really hard to do because I really want to keep those fine bones intact. Like inside. They look really cool. Yeah. yeah. A well, lot of guys, I think, are just sticking screwdrivers up in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, I've busted a few. You know? Well, I'll tell you a way you
3: can do that too, but the, but the whole boiling method, you know, if you if you cut all the meat off and and everything you you'll be surprised like you won't have to keep it in near as long Mm -hmm. and that that'll help you out on that but i've been telling customers and whatever guys that want to do their own the best way that i know that they can do it is maceration um and you can look it up online or whatever but i'll just give you a brief rundown basically it's making bacteria eat all of the meat and everything off the skull so you take a five gallon bucket say Put your, put your skull in there, fill it up with water till it just comes to the base of the antlers. And then, uh, put an aquarium heater, or if it's like warm, like outside right now, just set it outside. You want to keep the water like 80 to 90 degrees. And that makes bacteria grow really fast in there. Mm -hmm. Um, you basically, so you're going to do just like you did with, uh, with the boiling skull. You'll just cut all the eyes out, take the Mm -hmm. brains out, cut everything off. You can set it in there, put water up up to the antlers and heat it to 80 90 degrees and just let her set for a week um pull it out most of the time if the bacteria worked really well you'll lift it out of that water and there is not a speck of meat on there whoa um, you
1: said an aquarium heater maybe
3: two weeks if you're a little bit on the cool side yeah okay. aquarium heater works i Got bet it, it
0: smells right
3: it does it does <laughs> it it smells really don't do bad. it in your living room really Nick. bad when you take it out so you just pull it out of there and uh take how, a pressure how, how washer. Those,
1: how do those work? Those aquarium heaters? You're going to a pressure washer?
3: Yeah. Not not right up next to it. But yeah, just back off a little bit and just wow. basically clean everything off that's maybe stuck to it a little bit. Uh-huh. And then from there, I would recommend guys goes from there into like a, a boiling pot and maybe put some dawn in there. Just to and clean just, just to a, grease it. Yeah, just a simmer, just a low simmer, put it in there for 20, 30 minutes, and that'll get some of the grease out of there. Yeah. Um,
1: and so, then, you're not picking anything off. No. You're you're to. cutting it initially, nope. straight into maceration, pressure wash from a distance in, into a finishing boil with some Dawn. Yep.
3: yep. And then after that, you know, you go through your whitening process, which, you know, I just tell guys go to Sally's Beauty and yeah. buy that 20 volume yep. stuff, yep. And dump it in there. Isn't can, that
1: funny? Did you got imagine them girls that work at Sally Beauty? Like one time a year, you got these dudes well, walking in there. it's funny. They, they know me in there.
3: Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, yep. oh, you know, here he yeah. comes again. <laughs> yeah. Because I just buy massive amounts just of Just buy it, a you know? ton of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take everything you got, yeah. and you can hard. cut that half with water, yep. and uh and just bring it. we actually like to heat that up too, because that when you heat that stuff up, it works it it makes it work mm. way better. Mm. Um, heat that stuff up, you don't want to let that stuff your skull in there too long, but just let
0: it in there for how do you do fifteen that? twenty minutes? How do you heat it up? Oh, a turkey fryer, yeah, yeah. in a in a pot so you'll yeah. mix that that whitener in water, yep, and oh, and then you're sitting that in into it because mm-hmm. so, I, oh, I think i've painted, I painted it, on. it on room
3: you can do that but it doesn't work nearly as well huh. because when you when you boil it or, or simmer that stuff yeah you got to be careful because the stuff's kind of flammable i mean don't <laughs> do it close to any building or anything but uh yeah just do it outside and just stick that stick that skull in there and it just it goes right into how do you protect bone. the base of the antlers you can't 100%. You're going to have to restain the bottom of the antlers pretty much in any European
0: method. Okay. Yeah, I mean, would you, would you might you be rest- able to... Because I usually am, like, bagging it and foil and rubber
1: bands, yeah. and it's just a shit show. Yeah. How and- would a guy go about restaining?
3: Um, I mean, I have I have antler stains, so it's not a big deal to me, but I would say...
0: Which you could buy online, I
3: think. Yeah, I would just go and get the little Walmart latex paints, and you can mix them with water and thin them down. That would work pretty well. Oh. Um or you know just use regular walnut stain that you can buy, you know, in to dark anywhere, yeah. Would you yeah. try
1: to you try to protect? I mean, I can imagine I, would, I would cuz I painted but... that stuff on and it was I was really careful about getting up to the base of the pedicle, so I've never had an issue, but I can imagine sticking in a vat. It's Cuz I think I painted yeah. that one. Yeah, that one looks good.
3: Yeah, it's it's not We've too got, complicated. They're pretty not, easy to hey, paint. Hey Nick, can
1: you grab that uh Jeremy's this mountain deer
3: yeah, I'll try. It should be day. in there. It's. Oh, a, I think oh, it's the only yeah. European. Yeah. I did. Yep. I
1: did that one for you. Yeah. With the method I described. Yeah. But
3: the good way about that. Good thing about that mm. maceration is it'll keep all of those inside nose bones just like beetles mm. will. We have the be- We literally have the beetles, Hand it to trap.
0: Yeah, that's the mountain
1: buck.
3: Did you boil this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you kept most of the nose bones
1: in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I. So we had a guy start with beetles, and it. He cut that skull like that, and okay. the Beatles didn't do anything either. It I yeah. just I don't know mm-hmm. what we did wrong. There didn't work. But that so and I painted that with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't dip it in anything. Just boiled it. Yep. Pull all the stuff out. I mean, I like
0: it. the boy. The I mean, obviously that'd be a hell of a lot easier just to boil it in that whitening and then pull it out. Mm-hmm. I did. I didn't even think about. Yeah, because again, I'm always like, how oh, you got to protect these things. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it I didn't sounds like think you about want
1: to as much as you can.
0: Yeah,
3: I would say do if you can, but you're pretty much like you're some some of these pedicles
1: go on an angle, and you're just going to have yeah. To stick there's it no in the way. Water. Could yeah. you do like um some sort of like a ziplock like a that's what I did. Cut it and then like rubber band real tight underneath the pedicle.
3: I don't know if that would keep water out or not. Well, I kinda, and
1: and then still only submerge it to like here or so. Okay. And then use a paintbrush while it's in. I there. know what
3: you can do too is set it in there and then just put lay a lay a rag on top of here, mm-hmm. and then that'll just leach that stuff up, yeah, over up. over the top. Yeah, leach it up over the top. That works too sometimes.
1: And then you don't you're not painting or anything. You just pull it out and it's good to go because you've dry you've it. Yep, dry it. Mix it, it with water, it. like fifty fifty with water.
3: Yeah, I'd pour like a gallon of that twenty volume in, gallon of water, and just fill it up till you till you're good to oh, go. Okay, see, I've never you bought
0: know. a gallon of that stuff. It comes in. What I, I get the I buy the powder one where I have to like mix it. Yeah, mix it together, and that's yeah. what I'm painting on usually. You have preference with powder or I mean, it sounds like the liquid them, would be.
3: Both of them work fine. The only reason I like the other is that it goes into the bone and sure. it actually whitens way down inside.
1: Oh, yep. You, and the beauty because yeah, you'll math... see that sometime. Like, uh, what do you mean the other? The reason Nick, you like Nick what?
0: Grab that one for me.
1: The reason I
3: like the, the um the liquid is because when you boil that, it goes into the bone. Versus the powder is just laying on the outside. Yeah, so it's like, not going down inside. You oh. can
0: see, like after it sits for a while, because it's not going down inside, like you you start to see some of these dark spots come back out because it's not sunk down into the bone there. And that much.
3: that is grease too. And mm. you're you're walking a fine line there because if you take all the grease out of a skull, that's when it gets brittle. Okay. But if you let too much in, then that's when it
0: gotcha. Starts so when you do out, the Dawn nasty. dish soap side leave it in enough that you're getting some of that grease out but not yeah and, and the maceration
3: method that's the reason i love the maceration method of that because grease. bacteria eats grease too so it's going to eat a bulk of that grease out of there mm. whereas the beetles they're just going to eat the meat off of there and then they're done mm-hmm. you know they, they leave all that grease in there um so i mean we we use beetles we still do for some things but um yeah, I would much rather use the maceration method, to be honest. Yeah, with I know. I, that I sounds the, a lot better. That, that's
1: the biggest question. The biggest issue that I was having was with boiling. And boiling, every time it would, I'd try to get it to a simmer, but it's five gallons of water, and mm-hmm. it's tall, and it's awkward. Yeah. So it boils over, then it puts your flame out, and then you're like, oh, it's, co- it's cold again, and it's just yeah. like not, <laughs> yeah. not smooth. So that that aquarium heater or whatever you're talking about, is that's a, a big part of that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder with that. Or t-
3: anything to keep it 80 to 90 degrees, whether that's, we have actually—we built—I built a little room that we just keep 80 to 90 degrees, and then we just set our buckets in there, so we don't have to deal with the aquarium heaters anymore.
0: One of the ones that I would think of, too, and they're cheap, they're like 10 bucks at Rural King, is I have a, a water heater for my chickens yep. so that it doesn't freeze. You could submerge that thing down in there, and I think it keeps it in, like, the mid-80s, basically, temp-wise. And you control that at all? In terms of the temperature. Yeah. It, just, it just throws— like it doesn't heat consistently, heat, heat,
1: heat to boil. It just keeps it warm so hmm. it doesn't freeze. Um, yeah, and I assume most room temp water is like 70-something degrees anyways, right? 60, 70 degrees? Probably. So yeah. if you put a little bit of heat in there it's probably going to set it. 80. Yeah, to I mean like I've I know I've
0: tested it in the winter time like it's usually 82, 85 something like that. And yeah, there you go. On Perfect. One of my customers actually used a light bulb. He built a little box with that <laughs> two inch <laughs> foam. And I uh,
1: actually you threw a hair dryer Not in there. Not down <laughs> in the water. <laughs> a toaster. Not down in the water. <laughs>
3: but he just he just lights yeah, it up it lights on it top down. with a light bulb and yeah. that oh, yeah. just keeps his little a heat, box a heat warm lamp. Heat lamp, yeah. Yep. Keeps his little box warm and said it works great i bet it does that's the cool thing about this i mean it's super easy and i've i've told a lot of customers and they've had no issues doing it they they love it so nice there's a lot of guys that don't want to
1: mess with it though and they're going to bring it to you dude i've got a skull sitting outside my house right now that pastor don shot that i just am dreading dude it's been sitting out there for a year just rotting (laughs) on its own on it it's, it's weird it doesn't smell at all it just no Birds will pick the eyes out and stuff, and yeah. it's just there. Yeah. Once are, they get
3: too dried out, that grease will lock in that bone, and it's hard to get out. It's hard out, to yeah. get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh is best.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a cool, like I've done mine. The kids have their bucks and stuff. So I've done skull mounts with it, and it's just, you know, it's just something that, like, to your point, I think once you get so many deer mounted or, or depending on wall space or what you want, I mean, it's it's a cool thing. Because it used mm-hmm. to be back in, you know, the deer camp days, it was just all skull caps. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole wall at deer camp was just skull caps yeah. on everything. Like, you never even really saw anybody do European. The, the old felt. Oh, yeah. The old felt, the old felt on the on the walnut, Classic. you know, plaque. Classic. I
3: actually do a, uh, a European type for a guy where I actually do a European and then cut it basically... You know, straight across, yeah. Halfway through the eye, yeah. and then he sets them on his table. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a cool thing too.
1: Yeah, that's neat. I've seen and I will do one at some point. It's uh, I think it's Rack Hub that makes those. It's it's a base, right? It's mm-hmm. just a, a table that's base just on the table. It comes up and it holds a European, you know, on the table, oh, just yeah. just about like this, and yep. they look really cool. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because the hanging <laughs> side of things is the next thing. It's like you know, three inch screw into the wall, and then trying to like weasel it in there. Into the brainstem area. <laughs> there are, there's quite a few. I
1: think companies New that hangers, make bases. Yeah. Ah, some of them I don't like though. Like the this is it skull hooker. Mm-hmm. It just it's too too artsy for me. Too kind of western style mm-hmm. on it. There's some. There's a couple other ones. There's that TK mounts I remember. Yeah. There's probably some other really. Is there one that you prefer?
3: I don't know. I mean. I don't use a ton of those, like yeah. those metal ones. Yeah, I have wood ones that you know I design and I have guys make or whatever. But okay. yeah, other than that, I don't.
0: I've done mine on wood plaques, like for the wall for like the kids and stuff.
3: Yeah. I really like them on driftwood and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They look oh yeah, cool. To That'd stick one cool. of those little brackets on driftwood and That's hang true. them up there, yeah, that yeah, looks cool.
1: <laughs> I did it. Excuse me. I got a. You <laughs> all right? Choking on my own. Ah! Stuff. <laughs> I got a really heavy duty <laughs> one for that elk. Oh yeah. So I did a European on my elk in that five gallon, you know, I did it the same way I I described. And it was, you know, (laughs) I remember you boiling that thing on your back porch, man. It's a process. Um, (laughs) so I'm really looking forward to doing it this way, but I got a big, I don't remember the brand that I bought, but it was like a, a thing that you stuck down in that hole in the back of the skull and Mm -hmm. then it screwed on. So it was locked in or could not come out. And then that hung on a, So it was a loop on the back of the skull that was snug and then hung on a hook. And that's worked really well.
3: Yeah, I've seen those, but I I don't forget what they're called, but yeah, those look really good. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just they're discreet. Like I don't Mm -hmm. I don't want that hook to be like a part of the display. I just want it to be Yeah, it doesn't need to be like a big twelve inch. Yeah, that's what I don't like about the skull hooker ones, is they're just it's like they're, you know, Mm -hmm. obnoxious kinda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Europeans are kind of starting to become a big thing. Like, there's a lot of guys starting to do a lot they're more They're awesome. Of them. They just, yeah. they look
1: cool, you know, and you can still grab them and hold on to them. And mm-hmm.
3: Well, it used to be a guy killed, like, one buck every five to ten years, you know, and now, like, guys are killing them every year. Yeah. And you can only do so many mounts, and yeah. the price keeps going up higher and higher, and,
1: yeah, eventually.
3: And you, you got to some move someday, right? Out, yeah. And it's, yeah, they're yeah. a
1: pain in the butt. Nice to haul them around. Yeah. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Muddy. Man, Jared, we probably have been using Muddy
0: products for at least 10 years now. It's a long time, dude. It's been a long time. And I can remember when it was simply just safety harnesses and camera arms of all things. And, you know, that's evolved to where
1: you and I both have a bunch of Muddy box blinds as well. I would say a bunch. But, yeah, they've come a long way. And certainly the box blinds are huge got that buck over your shoulder out of a muddy box by a couple years ago the harness and, and all of the other safety accessories really are are a major component of, of what muddy offers for me um you know we've had some injuries in the past you know I've had some tree stand accidents this is all back before we were using uh you know frankly harnesses mm-hmm. uh the lineman's belt while we're hanging stuff and the safe lines. i have those in every single one of uh, you know our fixed tree stands now and uh, so we really have made safety a priority. Uh, that That's a big deal for us. And, uh, you know, Muddy has everything we need for that. Yeah, and I think uh, the cool thing about Muddy is anyone listening to the Hunter podcast can save
0: 20% using the code HUNTER20. That's huntr T uh, R two zero. Anything that you can see on the Muddy Outdoors store, online, use that code. Save yourself 20% for this hunting season. Go Muddy. So, Trav, I know... Um, just cuz i bought some stuff there there seems to be just like a handful of suppliers for a lot of your taxidermy equipment right like i know ohio taxidermy supplies one mm-hmm. what mckenzie mm-hmm. is another one they're the
3: one that's buying up a lot of the others mckenzie know? is
0: mm-hmm. just kind of trying to you know monopolize yeah. it necessarily um, These are mainly forms and eyeballs and stuff you're talking about. At least that's what it seems like. OTS, Mackenzie. Yeah. Yep. Those are the two that I am most familiar mm-hmm. with. At least. Yeah, there's a
3: few others out there, you know, smaller ones. Yeah. You know, Joe Coombs, there's different ones. Yeah. Headquarters.
0: And there are certain ones that you find like, oh, you know, I want to get my eyes from here, my forms from here, mm-hmm. whatever. Because I know, like, like, even when I did the pedestal mount, um, Andy was like, you know, like, here's a bunch of different forms that. To choose from, basically.
3: Yeah, yeah. I like to use Ohio Taxidermy Supply because I I like to be able to pick them up for number yeah one. local. And I think they make the best whitetail form as as far as that goes, um, and they fit really nice. I would I would literally rather take their form and alter it into another pose if I have to. I just did that yesterday. We cut up a form and made it into a form that I could have just bought at McKenzie, but. You know, then I have to, if I buy a McKenzie, I have to do things to change it to mm-hmm. make it how I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just we all have our preferences. Everybody has their preferences. Jeff has his preferences. You know, that's that's not a high taxidermy supply form. That's one of the other Epleys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he likes those, and I like Ohio taxidermy supply. And do you think I'll he did get, that
1: out of preference or because that thing is like a scrawny neck? Like it's, you know, because it wasn't, you yeah. didn't have any you can, t- testosterone. You can buy
3: all different sizes for, for each one, you know. Yeah, so that's not. Oh. Size wise, you don't buy you don't buy another form just because of the size. Normally,
1: here's a good question I forgot to ask earlier: is uh, measurements. So, if guys are caping their own stuff out, mm-hmm. are there measurements that they should take before they start cutting into? And you know, uh... you you can. I don't necessarily
3: need a measurement. Like All so, right. I know some guys want to leave a bunch of neck in so you can measure it. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, that a neck measurement is kind of, I don't know. Give or take, because if you hang a deer upside down and put ice in it, it gets the size of Texas. Yeah, does. Or if you let it lay around, it shrinks down. So like it's it's a measurement that we usually take, but we don't totally rely on it. I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I I do a lot of test fitting when I get them back from the tannery and thin them out. Okay. Um. You know, test the shoulders, test the neck, test test the head or whatever. You probably can't
1: trust us either to give you a measurement, and you're like, oh. uh, yeah, yeah sure. usually guys I are see, like, he's writing it down. Yeah, that's definitely what it yeah, is. 37. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've had a lot of 30 some
3: inch neck, white tails. You yeah, know. exactly. I guess they make might be a 22, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those deals, but yeah. It just depends where you measure stuff and, right. and all of that. And, you Easy know, if, to you measure if you know you're measuring outside the hair, doing. it's different than if you're so measuring the So once you
0: have that cape, you're actually going on and, and test-forming it to say, okay, I need a mount that's got whatever, 20-inch neck and this and the shoulders. And, you
3: know, we usually measure right underneath the jaw, mm-hmm. right around right around the uh, tightest, right behind the ears, yep. the tightest part. You know, that's a pretty reliable measurement there. Okay, um, So you can start with that, but then once it comes to the neck swell on the shoulders, you know— that measurement is, we take it, but it's not something we totally would, mm-hmm. would bank know, on. Because a lot a of times
0: you're taking clay to form that area, right?
3: Not too much. I mean, you can buy
0: a lot of different sizes of forms now.
3: Okay. Um, To where
0: you can pretty much buy what you want,
3: but we do have to some.
0: Okay. Yeah, so you're to trying to some. buy a form that is as close to fitting on that cape as possible. Exactly. Yep. Wow. That seems like they would have a ton of different you know, options then. I mean, you think of the variation in some of these. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't like, so there's some deer with stubby short
3: noses. There's some deer with long skinny ones. Um, that can be done if I have a picture or Mm -hmm. if I have the deer in my hands, but obviously if I just get a skin, I'm just going to do it. Like what's typically sure deer, but yeah, a lot of there's, I've had customers, you know, they'll, they'll give me a picture, you know, trail camera pictures or whatever. And, you know, give me the shape of the deer's head and, and all of that. And, uh, I can, I can make it look like that, you know, usually. Hmm. Is that yeah. helpful? Like it is, it is. A it picture is, yeah. of the deer? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I know For I'll sure. give you that with the, so the velvet, it just kind of, if I just handed you the bag of velvet, like you'd have no idea yeah, where exactly. it was or how it was on it. So I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Maybe that, maybe that'll help. But yep. um, dude, how long does it take you to, to actually do, like once you get the thing back, you know, you've got the hide, you've got, you know, from, mm. from start to finish, like how much, how many hours does it actually take to, to do them out? With the
3: system we got right now, I usually figure about eight. Yeah, I have eight hours between me and Zach. Wow, that's you know, more, way more than I everything. thought, actually. Yeah.
1: Yep. Wow. Yep. So what do you, you
3: plan on, like, one a day? Like, you can kind of crank out? So I I do them in stages. So we will prep a bunch of forms and get them all ready, get the hides ready. So Zach will, Zach will sand my forms. I'll carve in everything how I want it. And then I'll, I'll have, like, a week where I'm just putting them together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll do anywhere from... Ten on the low side to have done as many as twenty if I really want to get after it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after that's after that's done, then you know you have to let them dry. You're going over them a little bit as they're drying, and then uh, yeah, basically after that, it's let them dry and finish work.
0: Yeah. So and, and then I then spend about trying... as much
3: time on finish work as I do actually mounting them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're just trying to ba- set up a batch and then just exactly. move through those stages. So it's, it's all
3: about efficiency with deer yeah. because yeah, that's. It if you weren't efficient at it, you wouldn't make any money at it because sure. taxidermy is it's all about efficiency and, and a lot of that
0: stuff. Yeah, that sounds you know. right. Yeah. You know. hmm.
1: I feel like at this point you gotta have a pretty repeatable process. Like it's not like yeah, oh, yeah. what do I do here? You're like this I is do what, this I do it, I do it in the exact same order usually.
3: You know, when I sew it up, when I put the ears on and everything is all in the same order usually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even,
3: even even the way that I we use a seven cut on the top of the heads you know, I started a certain side and go back because I'm left-handed and it makes it all easier for me. Hmm. So usually when somebody else skins a deer out, I'm like, uh, I can tell I didn't skin it out or we didn't skin it out.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is it like to the point now, are there still things that like you can mess up on or you're like, I'm not totally happy with how that turned out or is it just, it is what it is. And it's- they're never per-
3: like, they're just, you can try as hard as you want and they're just never going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always, it's always a fight, even competition mounts, you know, you're just driving yourself nuts, trying to get them perfect, and it just they just never are never right? are, yep. yep, so
0: you said seven mount, you're talking about between the pedicles and then back, yeah, that exactly. cut there. I
3: noticed yours were cut like that,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what they I think that's what Andy told me to do, and that's what I've always stuck with is a yeah. seven cut you
1: like a seven? Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Versus yeah. the, I don't like a the a t- cut or yeah. Y. Yeah, I
3: just don't like that point out there because it's just a hard place to thin. Uh, and then it's it's a hard uh it's a hard thing to sew and get flat. Real, I mean, you can, but it's so yeah, so, so that's for, our, for our
1: listeners, like what we're talking about is if you're gonna cape cape the deer out. There's the seven cut is you basically. You know, you stick your knife in right as close as you can to one pedicle, and mm-hmm. and run a line straight across to the other mm-hmm. one, and then from that point you bring it back down into the center of the head behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So you you literally make a seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the main reason I like
3: when customers do that is so on a if a deer's ear is right here and you do a Y cut, a lot of guys will start back here too far, and then when I'm sewing, I'm jammed up, jammed underneath up underneath there, underneath there. I'm trying to get my sti- my stitching. yeah uh, in there and if you do a 7 cut everything is on top up in the open you mm-hmm. get to it really nice. easy
1: as far as like towards the front or towards the back where would you you know on the top of the 7 where's your two points if you can point to those basically right right in the center
3: you know right just go from the center right and even, on top like the highest know, it point it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where it is in fact for competition sometimes we'll go here and here just so it's odd something different and then they the the judge won't be able to find it as easy sometimes
0: um, but and there's nice long so, fur in but, terms of this the stitching that's going to be able to yeah. overlap. I mean, but, the
3: only reason I say that is it doesn't matter where it is to be honest with you. Um, but if but you just go straight across, you want to go
1: back with the seven, right? Not exactly. Like, yeah, yeah.
3: Exactly. So you go straight across, then I usually drop back a half inch and start another cut and come back to the center and back.
1: Okay. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Gotcha. So not necessarily point to point to point, point to point half inch. Yep. to back point how far back on that back one do you come
3: as far as it takes to get around the the back of the, the neck, back of the neck and so the only around. reason the only reason you're cutting that is so that you can peel it forward so mm-hmm. if you did a good job and you skinned it all the way to the base of the skull and cut it off that doesn't have to be very it, long right because um, it's
1: it's right there coming like out and three, three four inches
0: yeah yeah that's yeah. plenty okay yep. versus if you leave a lot more neck you're cutting a uh 10 inch and to usually to it well, i mean if the next this
3: long we'll have to skin the neck down recut it yep you know because i don't want to i don't want to seam that yeah. long yeah yeah
1: it's pretty amazing how you guys can stitch that stuff up like i've seen holes i'm like geez, i don't know how you're gonna fix that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i've never been able to tell though you know
3: yeah it varies a lot on the deer like earlier season the cape is you know and and uh september capes are it's pretty critical that you try not to make holes but sure yeah. And, an, and a hole from the outside is much worse than a hole from the inside. Guys freak out when they're skinning a deer. Oh, it's I made hair. a nick in it. A little nick in a, in a November cape means nothing. I mean, yeah. it's so easy to fix. Yeah. It's not. But a,
0: uh, coming in like an actual broadhead or bullet hole. Yeah,
3: two-inch rage through the neck or something <laughs> like that. That's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll get you.
0: I think I did. Uh, it's one of those ones over there was that Kansas buck I hit with a rage. It, I was on the ground, and it wheeled towards me, and I so I caught it in through here. Yeah. And I mean it had like Minded a too. gaping hole like that. that. 170, yeah, one seventy. I
1: don't remember seeing anything though, because I it, dr- I no, drilled it, it right in the front shoulder. Yeah, it
3: doesn't bother me as long as it's up in like the shoulder hair or something like that. Versus like it. once down. it gets down in the brisket area, it gets a little sketchy because you get into hair patterns. You get into hair patterns that when you start robbing yeah. skin to pull the skin. It'll thing break together. the pattern. Yeah, and it's mm. it's hard to get everything yeah. to lay nice. Mm. You yeah. do all that by hand, like all like a suture oh, kit. Yeah yep yeah so you know, Needles. needles you sell your own clothes too
1: no no <laughs> not even repairs no Oh, no. buddy. stuff's Damn. too cheap for that
3: yeah <laughs> very nice fair enough uh,
0: yeah yeah that yeah. that would be a big one i think people would would freak out about is like you know oh i've got this gaping hole here or whatever well you needed it to kill
1: the deer but Spe- yeah. speaking of those outside cuts i know a lot of guys will throw a loop like a ratchet strap or oh, something yeah. around the neck Oh, yeah. To pull their deer out.
3: You're making me cringe just thinking about it. Not good, huh? Yeah, no, not good. Yep, deer hair's hollow and it can break, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you you recommend grabbing by the the horns. That's it. Don't touch the hide if you can help it.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can touch the hide. It doesn't hurt it. Sure, but yeah. But But then
1: preference
0: of of no dragging versus dragging. (laughs) I've seen guys hang them up like that, too. They'll put a loop around it and then,
1: you know.
3: They do that a lot in bear camps. And and literally, there will be a mark all the way around the neck like where it's just, (laughs) not much you can do good to know so don't do that yeah don't do that yeah you know even your bucks i've seen
1: guys probably the worst thing is that they'll put them around the base of like the pedicles and stuff that probably messes them up too honestly Uh i don't think
3: that hurts it too bad
0: yeah more on the actual cape itself yeah yeah Yeah. we're usually you know gambrel
1: through the back legs and up Mm -hmm. what i'm talking about is some guys will put a ratchet they'll like figure eight (laughs) it on the hair of the head yeah you know yeah don't yeah, I mean,
3: I've had guys, you know, wrap around the neck with a rope and drag them out with a four-wheeler. Yeah. And then turn around and get back to the house or whatever, and they pull it up, and it's just rubbed down oh. to nothing. Just skin.
1: It's just like my worst yeah. nightmare, man. Just <laughs> the, the amount of time and money and <laughs> effort and, you know, just everything that goes into yeah. killing a deer, you know, and then to to mess it up because yeah. you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. It's just
3: And there's ways around it. You know, you can do a wall pedestal, you know, where that side of the shoulder is against the wall. So... There's, there's ways to kind of finagle things and get around it. Here, if you I have can say to, this but. while
1: Jeremy's not here and then he'll come in and bust me. I shot a buck <laughs> in Kansas. Uh, it's uh, like 140 inch eight point mm-hmm. se- several years ago. And I had never, I hadn't caped anything at that time. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you how to do it. So he starts caping this thing for me and he, and, and he gets it down to like about the eyes. And I, I don't know if he got frustrated or he's just rushing or
3: yeah.
1: hacked him right off, you know? And so I, I'm looking at the thing afterwards and I'm like, on the carcass that's hanging there, there's like all kinds of skin around the eyes and stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, taxidermist fix that. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I think I, I think it was Jeff. I took it to, and he's like, no dude, I, he's like, there's nothing I can do for this. So yeah, there's actually a different height on that.
3: Yep. Yep. It happens. But yeah, I mean, when you're skinning out a deer like that, I mean, usually the worst places, the easiest places to make a mistake are like the eyes. And, uh, that's, that's
0: probably the worst. (laughs) Did you hear that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Three, I was, I was three years of the bus for hacking my eyes off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, always I was told which, guys, which just, year was that? The Kansas deer? Yeah, like Kansas eight. Yeah, well, like I said, we were probably nine beers deep by that point. Oh yeah, I ended up using one of Steve's hides. What Did we cut off the eyelashes? You cut off the eyelashes. No, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> Usually, it's the back
3: corner of the eyes. Like a lot of a lot of you know the elk that I get in, they'll have the back corner cut off, and it's yeah. because you're skinning down. Yep. All of a sudden, you bump into the eye, and you didn't realize it was there. I always tell guys just reach your finger up in there and grab it, and just don't cut your finger. So yeah, yeah. You'll stay away from your finger usually. Yeah, yeah. Just do. It You've that done way. some since. We, we've,
1: yeah. Honestly, though, if I can help it, if I can get it to like oh, to, to you agree. or a taxidermist that knows what they're doing, I'd. Ra- I'd we rather. pretty much just have to do all of our Kansas deer. I mean, the two that he just did, I yeah, we
0: had to do. Yeah, because we're just bringing them back with cape and antler. There's no cap. other choice, right? There's no
1: way from well, the CWD standpoint to. To there, do that?
3: There actually is. So I'm certified to take CWD or in CWD in from out of state. Oh, you are.
1: In Ohio we
3: can do that. Now, I do not know about oh, other states. But we can't transport.
1: them. How would you how do you get them?
0: Like if so, we shoot a buck uh, in Kansas. There there are some regulations. As long as they get it to you, it's legal that you well, have no, it, no, it's no, just it, not transport. Yeah, there is something <laughs> there is something around that and I don't know what it is. I did it when I shot a deer in Kansas and I took it to Missouri Is I could take the full thing to Missouri as long as the certified taxidermist then caped everything and took everything with mm -hmm. them once they have it in their possession then i'm clean and free from that stuff um now you couldn't take the whole deer across because trav's not going to take all the spinal tissue and everything like that but if you caped it up to the head and then gave that whole head to him i think that there is a legality around that that he's now certified and in, in charge of that
3: we basically have to dispose of it properly. Correct. You know, it has to be double-bagged and it has to go to a certain landfill and everything. And honestly, I think it's a really good thing because there were a lot of guys, I think, that just kind of realized that they can't bring it across state lines and all of a sudden they're trying to find a taxidermist. No taxidermist would take it because we don't want to get in trouble. And so they'd skin it behind their house or whatever and just sure. chuck the stuff. So. In my eyes, it's better to take oh, it yeah. to somebody that's certified
0: and at least it's getting disposed of properly. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that's part of the spread of it is is guys who are just, you know, they don't know where to take it. They cut it up. They throw it behind their, their house and that deer is CWD. Now you just yeah. drop that into that area. And
3: in my opinion, that's better than like, so when we're in Wyoming or wherever, um, you know, we keep everything right. The, the guy out there actually told us, he's like, just do it right in the field and let everything lay right where it is. You know, and in my opinion, it's better – to bring it back to one spot and sure. like put it in a landfill you know rather than sure. just letting it lay Spreading all across it all the over countryside the place. you know yeah I, I don't know like the laws have kind of keep kept changing they back have. and forth and it's just like i i don't know anymore <laughs> yeah mm.
1: yeah they are changing i was reading on the way back uh, on the plane i saw minnesota starting with their first crossbow season mm-hmm. it, it, it's infused it's now a part of the archery season this year you see that yes that was in the same
0: discussion we had uh, around the baiting versus feeding in Minnesota. Minnesota, like those states opened up feeding but not baiting during mm. the season. Gotcha, whatever. Gotcha.
1: So, but yeah, any pulse on like what's happening there with uh in Ohio as far as
3: like the CWD thing mm-hmm. and and yeah. or
1: baiting and or you know how all that stuff's kind of going.
3: As far as the CWD, I think it's pretty much contained to one area out there. There's a few counties, and yeah. honestly, I think there's mainly one county where it is right now. Which um, is it
1: uh, Mahomes, like what? Like, no no, no no no. no. It's Man, like I Mary even...
0: Marion or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they they actually made, they Which put the, the counties state.
3: around it they kind of started taking those North, deer out too.
0: Northwest of Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But cuz that's where you sent me the early rifle season and stuff they're having now in those disease management areas in Ohio. Yep. That's what you texted me the other day.
1: Dude, I saw something else the other day that Pittsburgh's looking for, like, uh, 30 bow hunters. Oh, yeah. For the first—I tried to click the link, and it didn't work.
0: Yeah, and all the in
1: all the parks downtown. I was like, I'd be up for that. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, they're—as they're, they're I, as of right now, I think it's just those three counties in Ohio. But uh, Ohio as a whole has the CWD—like, you can't bring a deer in and dispose of it from another
1: state that has CWD. Same with Pennsylvania. So, so, how would that work, then, as far as, like, if we wanted to bring— a deer caped up to the neck back to you. On
3: my part, it's 100% legal. You can bring it to me. I can skin out the head and dispose of it properly. And it can come from another state. It can come from another state, yep.
1: Do you know our— what, We had to go what, online
3: and take a test and everything, and, and they make sure, basically, you're disposing of it properly, and you're good so to go. So what do we have
1: to do as hunters to get it to you? Like, if somebody stops us coming out of Kansas, and they're like, no, 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 that's against the— That's a good question. I don't know. Me neither. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. You, think, I would
3: suppose if you told them that you're taking it to a certified taxidermist and yeah. here's, you can ask me and I can send you a little You'd think picture they would of my tell you, that. you know? You know, that's got to be a common question. So what do I need to do? Common sense would be like, they'd be like, okay, you're good. But I don't hmm. know. Yeah, but it's not really verifiable. <laughs> it's like, oh, don't worry.
1: I'm taking it to a verified source. Well, what? I can send
3: you my license page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or my license number yeah. or whatever. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if guys actually, you know, get caught doing that or. I I think they did. Like, I've heard of guys getting caught in PA here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a
0: ton of guys get caught in retrospect to how many are actually doing it. Yeah. And and then some of
1: them just don't know. Is it? Yeah. Most, I'm sure. Is it once they just, once they get it to the taxidermist, they're like, hey, you can't, this can't be here. I don't, I don't know how that, yeah. I I assume a lot of guys just don't know. Yeah.
0: So, this is just, I'm just looking at Kansas because that's what we typically do. Did you find that? Uh says, Kansas does not have a carcass transportation ban. Hunters are strongly urged to practice care when moving deer carcasses from place to place. Um, it also says, every state has its own regulations around CWD. Most CWD-free states prohibit the importation of a whole deer carcass from a known CWD-positive state. So, like, in the case of... Well, those are all... C- Kentucky, I guess. So, Kentucky, you probably couldn't take a deer from Ohio to Kentucky, because Kentucky is a CWD free state at the point at right now.
1: Um, Unless there's a taxidermist down there that's certified like TRAF.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was trying to see. It says these states usually allow the importation of products such as packaged meat, clean skull plate with antlers, finished taxidermy mounts. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really say, see, like Kansas, it says landowners are allowed to bury the carcasses that they generate on their own property. However, guests and friends may not bury the carcasses on another person's property. Those who don't own the land, therefore, cannot bury carcasses and are encouraged to contact their county landfill and ask for permission to dispose of the carcass. This is the stuff where nobody's doing. Yeah. Uh, Where, you know, it. okay, maybe it makes sense. Nobody's doing it.
3: That's my beef with the whole deal is like, even you know they're they're <clears throat> not they're saying don't transport it state to state but then yet we're still just laying them all over the landscape
0: yeah you know
3: if we really wanted to stop it i mean we'd have to seems to me the best move would be just consolidate everything into a certain landfill or you know do something like that mm. basically like ohio is doing i think it's great i think that's a great way of doing it yeah you know it goes yeah. to certain landfills and and uh that's where it's going to stay then sure
1: yeah. Is there CWD testing stuff in Ohio?
3: Yeah, we actually we actually have been saving. You cut out the lymph nodes. Um, we've done hundreds of them for the DNR. Yeah, they come okay. pick them up every once in a while. Um, Are there tech they, stations
1: that just guys take them to? Uh, or is it mainly like through the taxidermist?
3: I'm sure. I'm sure if you'd call a game warden or whatever, they would be more than happy because I know they the guy that picks them up at my shop there. He drives the roads and looking for dead dead deer yeah. because I guess you know that's one of the things they'll get kind of weirded out and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get hit on the road easy. They'll, the hunters, they'll just kind of walk up to hunters and do weird stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I guess that's one of the part, that's part of the disease. Mm-hmm. They just kind of get dumb.
0: Yeah. And so it's they not real, on the road. it's not real clear on how that, how you do that. <laughs> no, Mm. Because who, who like, did, it, who'd you get certified through? Like, who gave you that? Cert- the DNR, the DNR, yeah. Ohio DNR. Because mm-hmm. like the and it was an older article, from like 2018 or something. But it was basically saying I can't do anything in Ohio. Well, obviously I could take that to Trav and he could dispose of it appropriately. Mm-hmm. But it
1: doesn't seem very clear. And you're sh- for sure I can bring them from out of state to do that. Yeah,
3: I, I would. Yeah, I definitely would for my myself. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, it makes it makes sense. If there is a certification process for that disposal of it, um, to your point though, like if we're driving it from Kansas to Ohio, you know, and you get stopped in Illinois, then yeah. it's like they're like, well, Do you we- have to call every state that you're driving through uh, to like get there. That's probably know. what they tell. Well, me. and again, think of the <laughs> think of the number of people that are just doing it anyways. Oh yeah, whether they know or not, they're just. Oh,
1: it's more than 50%. I
3: think. Most of the laws are are geared towards coming into your state. Mm-hmm. Like so, their laws not are like. The do, transportation not bring, do not bring, do not bring it room. into our state. You
0: know, yeah.
1: not you know. Don't take You're it driving because I guess it is the end game disposal that really could have the sure. impact. Not just driving through a stay is not going to do anything exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm.
0: Unless you got brains flinging out the window or something. Sure. <laughs> and the Dicks worst out there the, worst is the brains out. <laughs> yeah. You know, because Mass the brain is before still you leave, <laughs> <the> t- <laughs> I just put a little sprinkle here. Uh huh. Yeah, that'll do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Europeans would make, yeah. It, Cause I mean, we've been, we've been acting since, I don't know what, 2016 or 17. I mean, we, we bring a skull plate that's clean and we bring, we cap them and, debone cap them and meat. get everything out. That's it. And the, in the hide. Yeah. We don't, we don't bring anything else back. Uh, and it's a pain in the ass. Normally, when we kill one, it's like somebody's consumed. Like the next day, doing all of that. Yes, but
1: also it's it's nice to you know because it's hard to put a full, uh, you know, something you just cape up to the neck. It's hard to get that frozen. Oh yeah, you know. So it's it it does simplify things a bit to be able to <laughs> have to cape it yeah. and then skull cap it and then you have to hide on ice. Yeah, in the not freezer, not directly on ice, but. in the freezer. <laughs> Dude, do you remember you? I don't know if you still do this. You used to just put meat right into the cooler, like with oh, yeah. the ice. Yeah. You still do that? No, not as much. <laughs> I, I remember doing that with you yeah. one time. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. It seems like we should use protection. <laughs> yeah. No no protection. No. <laughs> Only sailors use protection. <laughs> yeah. We're just rod dogging. We're just rod dogging us meat straight up.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, we don't. Uh, no. Well, because it used to be like, uh, and again, this goes back to like the meat side of things. Just rod dogging them tenderloins right in. Or people, people used to um, put it on ice and then they put salt in there to draw the blood mm-hmm. out of the meat. And that was like kind of the thing. That, so that's like how I was raised to do is it. It like, yeah, I would throw it in there with ice and there'd be some salt on the ice and it would just, <laughs> you know, pull it out. Yeah. So I don't do that. Pretty anymore. wild. But yeah, no, it's um, yeah. I think the handling of that stuff is probably one of the reasons that we're dealing with CWD at the scale we are right now. It's just, people are bringing it back and throwing it in their backyard or it ends up at the landfill or whatever
3: i wasn't even aware that kentucky didn't have it i was kind of under the impression that it's pretty much i'm sure they, now. they I mean, i'm sure
1: they do they just haven't discovered it well dude maybe yeah. I, maybe i should know this but like in the state of ohio is there regulation around how people dispose of their deer like so when i shoot a deer we don't test it i just bring no. i just bring you the it's caped up to the neck and then we dump the carcass like in a pit yeah
0: yeah I, there's nothing yeah, yeah.
1: Because you're not in the
0: disease surveillance area. Right. So if you were, I think there is. I think there's a regulation of what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, no, mm-hmm. there's not. Okay. Same with Pennsylvania. Like, there's not really
1: yeah, anything. Yeah, will put them back do. up
0: in the back fence line and shoot coyotes off it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I don't think that there's anything. Well, clearly Kansas has something, you know, to say that they can or can't bury it on their own property or whatever it is, which seems crazy.
1: <sighs> yeah. You know. Huh. What is your relation to the landowner? No, you can't bury it here.
0: Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, like on public, what are you gonna do? You know, I mean, I assume people are just throwing it in a dumpster if they can get to it, or you know what I mean. There's just not, there's not an organized way to dispose. I would of I assume stuff. you can,
1: like in Kansas, you could quarter it out and leave the remnants right on public. I, I'm,
0: I'm very uh, fuzzy on the quartering out rules because there are <laughs> states that are super against butchering in the field. Probably oh. for CWD.
1: Well, it gets hairy too, as far as like your tag. Like if if that racks go in one place and the meats go in another place and the hides go into a third, it's like mm-hmm. which where does the tag stay?
3: Yes. Well, nowadays it's just a number, you know. So that number right. can be put on anything. I'm really glad you know? that they've done
1: some of that stuff. Like yeah, it, it is a very good. Some idea. of the states have really good apps and stuff. I know Kansas mm-hmm. is on point. North Dakota. North Dakota. Is. I don't know if, Ohio, if I think Ohio is now too. It's oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 I have got the up, app, you know. Got an and, app. Yeah, I can be in my tree stand and shoot a deer, and I just check it in right it's there. Just all on there, yeah. 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 Dude, North Dakota has the same thing that Pennsylvania does, where you cannot hunt until you ha- they mail you the tag. Oh yeah,
0: same with Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's stupid because I can buy it online, but exactly. I don't have my harvest tag yet.
1: That seems wild to me. Like, dude, if you bought it, you should be able to. Like, yeah. there should be some process for electronically tagging it or something.
0: Here's a good one for Kansas. An animal taken... This is referred to antlerless tag, but an a- animal taken with an antlerless only permit may be quartered as long as the genitalia is left attached to one of the rear quarters, yeah. leaving the spinal column and the head at the hunting site.
1: That's how Colorado does it too. Yeah. We have kind of a funny story. My, uh, A short one anyways. My dad shot this elk and disregarded that rule. I think if he didn't know, he just hacked the nuts right off and chucked him down the hill. And Uncle Willie, the guy that's in Africa right now, he's like, Dwayne, we're going to need those. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, We're going to need those.
0: I was just looking, because there are states that you're not allowed to quarter them. It looks like Ohio you can.
3: I would guess it's states that are heavily populated. They don't want stuff laying all
1: over Mm-hmm. in the yeah. woods maybe pennsylvania i don't know oh dude we should say this before i get off here it, it's funny like the co- the community aspect like when you go into when i go to your place like it's fun because i expect there's guys there always and like yeah you know it's fun to to meet people at the at the shop there and stuff and see what people are killing and especially if you've got a giant right because you go most people are bringing you know yeah. th- three-year-old deer, whatever yeah so it's, it's fun to have a, a me- always right pull on the mega yeah, yeah. you know humbly they're Everybody, like what'd you shoot You're like, oh, you know yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, since you ask <laughs> but it was cool that we were down there uh just bsing at one time and i you've got the big rack of antlers uh, skull caps that are just drying out and stuff and i was like yeah like hmm, that one looks pretty familiar yeah. and we pulled it down and sure enough it was that uh what do we call that dude crumple horn Old crumple horn yeah, yeah. that freaking yeah. giant double drop down yep. with the yep. big yep. thing it was just right there you know and Probably everybody in the area uses you, right? So you like, can go, and there's yeah. sometimes there's deer you see, and you're like, I, I You probably just deer. go in there and be like, eh, yep, that deer's dead. He's <laughs> no. not coming back. We got confirmation either. on that confirmation. one. Confirmation. It was cool, yeah. cool to hold him though, after, you know, yeah. getting trail camera pictures of them and stuff. Yeah. and Yeah, that's neat. I mean, it it is a...
0: Because, I mean, that's the hardest part. I mean, you know, we like to think as a community, you know, it eventually makes its rounds on stuff. But, you know, some people kill a deer and they could be a mile away and you just, you don't hear about it. You don't know, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, being able to have Trav and be like, oh, yep, there he is, like he's dead. Yeah. You know, it's just There's a lot of stories that got pieced
3: together and like you find out that was the deer that, mm-hmm. you know, you had seen somewhere. Especially
0: in that area, area because yeah. um, it was like the, was it? Goose that got killed, mm-hmm. like all pretty far away from your property. Yep. And
1: we end up meeting the guy. Yep. Right? Well, I found out through Jed. So, you know, yeah. just a local contact that talks to people is probably the best way. So yeah, I knew he had gotten killed, uh, but then I just happened to to meet him it was a se- Bittaker se- place. several years later. He was mowing yeah, farmers, and <laughs> I didn't know. It was afterwards. Jed's like, that's the guy that killed Goose. I was like, yeah. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, how? Oh, yeah. You know?
0: The dude didn't have a cigarette leave his lips the entire time we talked to him for yeah. three hours, you know. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. I guess that's the beauty of hunting. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Know. You never know. That's yep. exactly what it comes down to. Yep. Yeah. It's a it's a really neat thing. I'm sure it's cool on your side, Trav, just being able to see, you know. There's probably a certain set of deer that you're just like you're, you're kind of used to seeing, them. but every once in a while you get one that comes in and you're like, damn! That's, you you that's got a cool safe deer. for them, right? Yeah, it's He's, it's you you have have to amazing. Keep them under lock and key.
3: Like there's some magnums that come. Oh, out. really? Yeah. It's amazing though, still how rare a truly big buck is. Yeah. Like, A 200 inch buck in Ohio is still very rare. How many 200s
0: do you think you've mounted in your life?
3: Uh, I think it's around probably 10ish, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: pretty cool. Yeah. Usually,
3: usually it's one or two a year. And you have a
1: a handful of guys that are like bringing giants every year, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so
1: and where is their property? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be like one or two, two hundred. <laughs> and
0: as <laughs> I just thought maybe we were in the discussion point. It just, uh, yeah, like, that's it, the bad thing. Don't know, How no, I How mean, far are they it, driving it, exactly yeah, to get to you? Could you please put, uh, put a pin right here yeah. for me?
3: <laughs> no, keep it confidential. <laughs> but. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah it's it's Taxidermist amazing confidentiality. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: It's amazing like you know you have one or two 200s and then you know between the 180s Every year, and 190s year, 200s? It's that's kind of what it averages at. <sighs> yeah. But then there'll be like five in the 180s to 190s and then from like the 160s and 170s there's a slug of them, you know. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing how it's even a one eighty one ninety is rare, but then a two hundred is just super. All rare. the guy, all the
0: taxidermists yeah. down south, listening to this. are like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, if I see a one twenty five, I'm like, there yeah. you go, baby. He's like, you I know, get a, a one one fifty good... once a year, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is nuts to see. What's the biggest you you think you've seen? Uh, that
3: one that was killed. Well, oh, I won't say where it was killed. It it's everybody just put a, everybody knows where it was killed. But anyways, it did was you mount that fifty cent Fifty cent.
1: That's that one that Jed got an arrow in as a three year old. It, it it was like no, two fourteen. It's not no, it's not
3: that one. This one was two sixty eight and something. Whoa. Yeah, or two eighty six. Two sixty eight uh, or two eighty six. From yeah. Ohio? Yeah. yeah. Oh
1: my God. Yep. Non typical, I assume.
3: Honestly, like so there's there's deer that score a lot and they don't, they look impressive, well, obviously. Yeah. Everybody would choose them. The ten, look at that Tennessee deer, man. Not not a, this one had a cage on it. It was just a pretty deer. Yeah. Man. Oh man. Is yeah. it
1: a Public, deer, like, did people know about it, or yeah, it's like yeah. a name. A lot deer? of people,
3: a lot of people knew about it. It was shot in. Can town. we look it
1: up, or do you not want to?
3: Yeah, I'll... guy. He, like, picture
1: Nick can pull it up. Is it like a? Is it a Googleable yeah, image?
3: Just, yeah, Dave Cop, Dave Cop was the guy that killed it. Yeah, there
1: it is. Oh my god! Wow! Holy jeez!
0: That doesn't even look real, dude. That's a Magnum.
3: <laughs> this <That sighs> the second one up. Or the, the second one in from the left up this there. That's here. that's the mount, yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's a replica by antlers by Klaus. We had him on, too. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, that's a, that's a mega. Is that from, like, skinny little scrawny deer, too? Like,
3: really? Not a big deer. I want to say he said it weighed 170 I can pounds.
1: actually tell, yeah, but looking at his... Yeah. Is, is that, um?
0: was that like a bow kill or a gun kill?
3: Yeah, one of the last days of the season. It was in February of the archer actually. Season? Oh, so yeah. that's why it was all worn out. He said he was freaking out when he grabbed those antlers because he did not Can you imagine? If they fall off, he ain't scoring it, you know. Or it's Holy not, I, know. Geez, I mean, I, I don't know. Man. I don't
1: want to know where exactly, but is that like in our vicinity of Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Recently?
3: Yeah, it was uh four years ago, maybe, five years ago.
1: Wow. That's a super that's a super giant. Is that due to has he brought you a few?
3: Yeah. He's actually yeah. He was fairly new at hunting then. I think he had shot one. <laughs> That's my <hunter>. first deer. <laughs> oh my god! He had shot like a hundred thirty-inch buck or something like that before that. But since this, <laughs> he's can, actually bought a property. Can we find out what
1: it score is? Google the score on it. Two seventy-eight. Whoa! Wow. That's some called unicorn.
0: Yep. Stark County, twenty sixteen. I know it was number four
1: in the
3: state. Yep, I, I saw that somewhere else. Number four.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or non-typical. Bigger than that? <laughs> yeah, they killed a 300 in Ohio. Isn't the, the, the thing Baby is, Buck? The, some of the ones that
3: score more than that one don't look as impressive. Yeah. Like, I think that the, is just an impressive looking yeah. deer. Is
0: the Baby Buck still number one? Google that one. That, that was over 300, wasn't it? Yeah. I want to say that was like. B-A-T-T-Y. did the, did the Deer Society Mike. guys get footage
1: of a 300? I think so. I gonna might, might killed one. I don't know if that was in Ohio. Yep. Yep. There you oh, go. Oh, I've seen that picture. Yep. Mike's. Look at the look on his face. <laughs> It's like a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, that was a 300-inch deer. Yeah, Have you seen that giant 6-point right. that scores like 180 or 304 2 304 and 68s? Wow. Insane. You know what I'm talking about? That giant there is one? that giant dark 6-point that's apparently like 180? Yes, the Oklahoma deer. Yeah. What did it score? Was it 200? Uh,
0: I thought it was like 199 or something like that. Can you Google that?
1: <laughs> See if you can find that one. Like what would you Google there? Giant Oklahoma six-point? Yeah,
0: just the Oklahoma six-point. 216.
1: Yeah, and you look at the thing, you're like, where? I mean, it's a giant deer, but where are those wow. inches coming from? Jeez. <laughs> Pull up the antlers by Klaus one. Wow.
3: <sighs> look at
0: that. Thing. That's just a bull there.
1: It's growing trees. Huh? It's like growing trees. I know, literally. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hard to believe it's 216. Yeah, but like where from? It's it's those little stickers. Like there's a bunch of one-inch, two-inch sticker type things. You can see them in this.
1: picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: All those little stickers? I guess so. Yeah.
1: Freaking mass on that thing must be ridiculous. Probably like, what, six and three-quarter? Oh, dude, I bet that's bigger.
0: Oh, all the way up? Yeah, probably.
2: All the way up?
1: Yeah. Well, he's only got one, two, three, four.
0: Yeah. So, th- but that that third and fourth mass measurement is still huge, even though it's the halfway point there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a giant.
1: What a stud! It's
0: crazy, <laughs> oh, man. Right. It's uh, it 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 reminds you they exist out there. You know, even that buck that you killed. I mean, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I was like, is that seven on one side? Yeah. You know, it's just you don't you don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Remember this? This is Ohio, right? Yep. Yeah. They found that last Jason, year, or two Jason years ago. Erb is that guy's name? You remember? Oh, okay. That? Yeah. Remember Jason? Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I I don't know him personally. Last year yeah. or two
0: years ago, they found
1: that. Yep. Google uh, Jason Herb Buck. J A S O N. That's Rick. that guy's name's Jason Herb. No. Uh, Jason killed this 193 off of. Uh, Erb, herb H uh, E R B E yep. R B. Not not herbs. <laughs> he killed this buck a <laughs> seen long. Seen before? Uh, like ten yeah. maybe ten years ago. Uh, off of. Uh, yep, that's it right there. One, one of these. Th- yeah. You recognize that shot back there? Yeah, Runzo's. Yeah. I think that buck's mounted in Runzo's. It is. It's, I think it's yeah. Runzo's. Right it? Yeah, yeah.
0: I usually follow Runzo's
1: just to see what's getting killed. That was uh uh right there. That's that's Silas. That's Jed's son. Right here? Yep. Click that picture of the boy. Is it really? Yep. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow.
0: And so that was close to Jed's property? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's a monster. They're yeah, it's, cra-
3: it's crazy the progression you know like 10 years ago it was like oh 140 inch buck that's pretty pretty decent when you were happy with it yeah. you know now it's like it's just gradually getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah now i mean i hear guys passing 160s yeah it's hunting
0: season boys Man, big
1: deer <laughs> yeah i freaking killed one you killed one already can you believe it ah, no i couldn't i can't either dude it just i i described it to lucas this morning i was like dude it's like ice cream for breakfast being able to kill a big buck in september it's yeah. just like you know, dessert first. Pretty cool, dude. In the meantime, we'll we'll get them over to Trav and mm-hmm. get them rocking on that. And I won't hold you to it. But what That'll do you fun what do you think if I get that to you in the next week or so? When, when can we expect to get that back?
3: Usually, everything kind of runs six months to a year. Okay. as typically okay. yeah. So at the, on the early end, you'll be six months. Yeah,
1: which is brings us to what? So if, say from October first, October, November, December, early January, spring, yeah. February, March at the very earliest. Mm-hmm. How so how many deer that. do you take a year?
3: It depends on the year. Um, Like this year, I have a little bit left over from last year, so I'll back it off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year we took two twenty-ish, something like that. Wow! Holy cow! Yeah, the year before that we were a little bit lower, one twenties. I think was where I stopped because I had some left over from the year before. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, this year will probably be somewhere between 150 and 200. And I say that to stop it. just
0: wondering, you know, people listening to this, I'm like, oh, I'll take my dude to trap. First of all, Jared and I have to have room, so back the- off, you know. Uh, <laughs> you got you got to know somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but also just from a, a timing sensitivity, I mean, obviously, Ohio is not open yet. Kentucky is. Dakotas are. Like, deer are going to start funneling into you here pretty, pretty quickly. Mm. Um, you know. Are you taking customers or – like Not there?
3: too many new ones this year, probably. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. I, I'll take a. That's few, a good point. I'll take a few early on, maybe, but at some point, I will probably have to.
1: You Can know, you stop. make some recommendations? Are there other guys you know could use work or like what do you suggest guys? Yeah, do there's
3: a there's a really good guy just south of me, Matt Sheldon. Um, Moe's Mounts is is what his business is called. It's, he's on Facebook. That'd be a good way to find him. Uh, it's M O E apostrophe S. Mm-hmm. Um, Moe's Mounts. But um he does he does really nice work. Does he say welcome
1: to Mose?
3: <laughs> no, <I was> <laughs> <the same> <laughs> <laughs> Where uh where's my queso, sir? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, uh. I I know uh I know he's pretty good and then yeah, there's there's a few others around. It just depends a lot what price point people want, you know. There's cheap guys, there's expensive guys and usually I when guys call, I'll give them a cheaper option and then a more expensive option, you know. Yeah. You know that I What would, does that, that come would down trust. to? As far as price wise, you mean? Yeah, what
1: what would dictate a higher versus lower price point?
3: Uh, just methods. Like a lot of guys in the area will dry preserve, so rub powder on them versus the tanning that cuts a little bit of cost. And you know, um, oh. and I'm not going to bash on those guys because you know there's guys that do not want to pay a thousand bucks for a for a mount, mm-hmm. which that's I think that's around what what Matt's gonna. He's told me he's going to be a thousand to twelve hundred, I think, on a mount. Oh wow. Um. You're
0: not quite but there, yeah. right? No, no
3: I'm se- at 750 750? this year. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: It seems crazy because I remember at one point, you know, was it 20 years ago, 350 for sure. Yeah, yeah they've gone
1: up for sure. Probably. You're Well, you're doing more of them and bigger. Yeah. I
3: would say on the cheaper end now, if you find somebody for 550 to 600, that's kind of cheap. cheaper. Yeah, cheaper. Yeah, not the mm. cheapest, but.
1: What are we looking at ballpark for a pedestal?
3: Eight eight twenty five to eight fifty, depending okay. on which. Like, oh, that's not much. Yeah. More than a yeah. That's shoulder Usually about seventy five bucks more. Yeah.
0: You know. Oh wow. Because yep. I mean, it is essentially a
3: shoulder, and mount. that's not including the pedestal and the habitat. Usually, I price them separately. Right. So basically, a pin pedestal
1: will be you know that price. And a pin pedestal. So where does that start? Like, w- would you say that price would typically include that steel that I'm talking about? Yep. yep. And so, so since I'm providing my own barrel. Yep. That's what. You can I just pick point. it up from you? Just the mount and the steel, and then I'll I'll screw it into the barrel, probably. Yep, you can work
3: that way. Yep, or you can bring the barrel out, and I can make sure everything's level for you. Um, That's usually kind of a good idea. Okay. Um, just because if I just you can shim them up. That barrel's a freaking, yeah,
1: pain to Mm -hmm. move. But if you want it, I'll bring it. Yeah. Yeah. It's up up. to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I know like pedestals and habitat, you know, obviously have a cost on on them. On top of that, because I think most of mine ran, I don't know. Twelve hundred to fourteen hundred yeah. or something, maybe. Dude, with I, all the habitat I, and I, pedestal stuff,
3: fifteen yeah, hundred. That's pretty much an
1: average. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I can't believe my dad didn't do a pedestal on a big eight. I really tried to talk him into it. <laughs> I was like, dude, do you understand what you got here? I was like, this is, and he's like, no. Yeah, that's
0: when your mom was like slapping me when he said, uh, well, yeah, I want to do a pedestal. I was like, yeah, it'd
1: be great right there, and she said, like,
0: shut your mouth. You're not yeah. gonna eat tonight.
1: Yeah. Margie's not happy sorry. About, about the pedestal thing, so it might end up What do you mean she's office. not happy?
0: Oh, she's, you
1: know.
3: <laughs> I think the double pedestals look really cool. Double and triple. Listen, those if
1: those you're going to really go nice. single, we should probably go double then, Margie. Yeah. yeah. Her <laughs> thing is just the separation of rooms. She doesn't want them in every room, to, which I, I get it. It's fine. Because you know, <laughs> I have them now in our living room, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. eventually, you know, I'll do, if we ever build yeah, a house or office. something, I'll do, I have one in my office, Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, cool. Well, I am heading south and east for elk.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, we appreciate, appreciate it, it Travis. My pleasure, Thanks, yeah.
0: Thanks for bringing my bucks. I'm excited yep. to get those back up on the wall and add to it this year, hopefully. Nothing, we got one. Nothing
1: better than taxidermy day, dude. It's no. Like Christmas. no <laughs> there's nothing better than taxidermy day. It's the bill a lot of people like to pay. That's what they tell me. Yeah, but.
0: I don't even pay attention to it. It's just send me the invoice, yeah. pay it. Here you there you go. go. So, yeah, we got one. One down this year. And... So far. It's, it's only September, September, what, 8th, 9th? on like September
1: that? 6th, and we're just getting Holy rolling cow. here. September
0: 8th, man. You already killed a deer.
1: That's crazy. I know. It's like ice cream for breakfast. Yeah.
0: It's good. Good for you. hmm Mm-hmm. Good for the soul. <laughs> on to the next one, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Trav, we appreciate you coming down and uh, not... Super confident on our podcast, but there's a good chance people are going to call you. Just don't choke Jared and I out on our repeating customer <laughs> side, um, and don't fill our spots uh, either. Yeah. But uh, you got room yeah. for ours. But yeah, no, we appreciate you coming down and and your attention to the to the taxidermy that we bring in you know, it, it lets us rekindle those memories all the time when we get to look at them. So
1: we love being able to get to promote you too. Like to anybody that asks, you know, mm. dude, I wouldn't take it anywhere else, but you know, as long as you're taking them, you know, I know there's, there's other great places too. So mm-hmm. you're our guy though. For sure. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. our guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth. Yeah. It's, it can go fast. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. No,
0: it's, yep. it definitely does. So, well, cool, man. Well, we appreciate you coming down and, and chiming in and, uh, have a safe trip out West when you, when you head out for elk here and keep us posted on punching tags out there and hopefully we're in contact more
1: over the next couple months. You know, Trav listens to every one of our podcasts.
0: Do
3: you? Yeah, it actually... I, I love listening to podcasts. He's like, I have you know, all I'm these hours
1: love- to
0: burn while I'm sitting there,
1: Mountain yep. Deer. Yeah. Like, They're
0: why running. Not?
3: They're running. I couldn't believe When you told me that, I was like, are you serious, dude? Like, like <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm playing catch-up a little bit after Alaska. I'm playing catch-up. Well, so. we've had a yeah. few,
0: like, three-hour bangers here, and people... Are, hey, those are
3: the ones I like, because, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that'll burn a whole morning that'll right there. Yeah. All yeah.
0: right. So, we'll cool, no, man. Not. We're going on 2 and 45 here. So. There you go. Well, yeah, dude, we appreciate it, and uh, yeah, keep us posted on things, and and thanks for being our guy. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for the work. Later. It's sing me.